0: Our intro music is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com.
4: You're listening to
0: my friend, Gary Anderson, on My Dreams Talk Radio, the best in paranormal radio.
2: Well, John, I wouldn't say the best, but, well, it's better than one of the worst. Hey, tonight, what well, tonight? Get ready for sticky fun. We have, well, a very famous, well, gothic magician... Great actor in horror movies, Ron Fitzgerald. He's back on, I think, for the third time tonight on Night Dreams. But he'll be right here, right after this.
5: Night Dreams, Scary Story Night on Friday nights. Call in at 9.30 p.m. Pacific at one 253 203 6695. Well, here we are tonight at the compound down at the harbor.
2: Well, summer is gone, at least it is on this part of the country. And uh, one of my friends who lives in North Carolina says, Wow, the wind and the water. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the hurricanes are going to really intensify. And and get, well, maybe it's going to be, like, really bad this year. And every year, I think, after that, it's going to keep getting worse. I think Earth Changes has already started. Hey, uh, Ron, how you doing here, my friend?
0: Gary, I am good. How are you?
2: Well, I'm alive, so that's better than, well, you know, I don't know. I still have, you know, after we talked last time, I still have this dream of being in a coffin set on fire. <laughs> And that's not my idea of sticky fun. I'll tell you that
0: well, it's certainly dark fun, but not necessarily dark and sticky fun unless you're just watching it you know you you must have seen the rest of the movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen quite a bit of it, but i yeah I, I you know i you do so good I mean you know I watched your face expressions and you know and all your expressions when you're in your movies i mean it's really convincing. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, thank you. I, I mean, that's the whole, that's the challenge of it, is just being, you know, there and in that character and in the moment and, and then my own stuff. I mean, it, it all comes from the work I'd done on stage because I had done that so much longer in the uh, my Gothic Illusion show. And then, you know, when I had the chance to take that into horror films, I, I, I you know, that's exactly what I did. And it was good because I had some background in that, you know. But, but when I had studied theater and acting and everything in college I, I it was all for the stage show I never thought I'd be using it in the the horror films that that inspired the show and that I love so much so um so thank you yeah i'm I'm glad you enjoy that stuff so much and I hope everybody goes out and and checks them out like Magus and dark realm and everything oh yeah it's, uh well why don't you oh, yeah, why don't you tell dark, it, fun. Yeah.
2: why don't you tell the people I mean let's get it out at the beginning at the end. Where can they get sure. it? Where can they order it? Where can they find your website?
0: Uh, find me at fitzgeraldsrealm.com. Uh, sign up on the email list at fitzgeraldsrealm.com. Uh, that's dot M.com. And you can also get your DVD copy, but uh, I would be happy to sign for you right there on fitzgeraldsrealm.com in the store. You can get Dark Realm. Um, it's the only movie that's available on the website right now. And um, you, I believe you can find Magus on Amazon. You can still get that on there. I don't know that Magus is, is streaming anywhere right now, but you can get the, the Dark Realm DVD there. And, um, and also, I'm in mean, uh, a horror comic book, The Haunting Tales of Bachelors Grow by Silver Phoenix Entertainment. And we're about to do issues two and three of that. There'll be a, a Kickstarter going up soon for the next two issues. But issue number one is is out. It's done. And myself and Kadrosha uh, um, Ona, Queen of the Paranormal, are the two people that are actually, you know, real, real people that do what we do. And we are featured as ourselves in the comic book in, in the haunting tales of bachelor's Grove, so you can get issue number one on the website in the store too at com. so that's very exciting and that's a fun project because like i say, the next two uh the next two books are about to drop uh very very soon so if you watch uh you, you can also find me on social media um and uh you know, follow there, and, and you'll be able to see, you know, very soon, you know, some more examples of uh, some of the, the, the excellent new artwork and everything. We, we have a uh, uh, our artist, and I, I forget, I don't know the name or if they cleared me to say that yet, but we have a a uh, a comic artist that used to work for Marvel Comics. So we've got some really great stuff happening in um, The Haunting Tales of Bachelors Grove. So you should definitely check that out.
2: Oh wow. So it sounds like you've been really busy since the last time we talked several months ago.
0: No rest for the wicked, my friend, as you well know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, your shows yeah, growing and growing. And so it's very it's very excellent and and thank you for having me back again.
2: Yeah, a lot of people, I had one guy, you know, it it, it started mm-hmm. bugging me by emails, you know, and he goes, you know what, yeah. you need to check out people better. You know, I check out, you know, my, a lot of my guests in the paranormal as good as I can, uh, you know, by if they've yeah. done stuff and it's been on the news, I'll check with the newspaper, I'll check with, you know, the network or the radio station mm-hmm. and, and verify the guy is, you know, at least telling something that's halfway true or true or whatever. And, but you know, people don't realize I I get up, I take my daughter to work at five o'clock in the morning. Okay. Uh, And so I actually get up at four o'clock, get my wife off, take her to work, come home. You Mm -hmm. know, my studio is out of my house. And then I spend, you know, three, four hours, you know, booking people, answering my fan mail, and then I take a two hour nap. And then by one o'clock till I go on the air, it's all about the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, you're dedicated. I mean, you're you're all over this thing. And, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's not that hard to check people out now. I mean, you go do a Google search and, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, follow any links that they send you and then go on YouTube and, uh, you know, that's the next biggest search engine and you dig through there and, and find their stuff on there, which, you know, I would imagine most of your guests have things on there. I know I do. And, you know, uh, you know. Uh, do your due diligence. So that's funny that you had to uh, add uh, somebody. You know, saying that uh, you needed to check people out better.
2: Well, they don't realize what's involved. You know, it, it, it's you know, no matter who you have as a guest, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have somebody out yeah. there is going to be upset with you because you have John Doe as a guest that night. And, you know, and, you know, I I, I learned long time ago, I actually got into the paranormal before even Art Bell did. Uh, I got into it in 76. He got into the paranormal around eight, nineteen, eighty nine. But, you know, one thing I I, I, because Art was a friend of mine, you know, doing a show in the paranormal. I look at it as I try to get information out there, but I look at it, it. It's entertainment. The same thing that you offer. And and some people don't realize that. So they'll be upset when I have a guest on because they don't believe the guests and they think, hey, it's entertainment. You take it as face value is entertainment. That's all.
0: Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's the whole thing about about what I'm doing It's pretty you know clearly entertainment because i'm doing I'm doing you know a stage show of illusions and and you know things as a as a you know uh you know a personality where i'm appearing in, in other forms and comic books and things like that, and then you know i'm I'm an actor as well so i i act in in horror movies and things so i mean so that's all verifiable and everything, but that's what everybody does need to remember is that. You know, it's all about entertainment and that, you know, the, the whole concept of the paranormal and the show and everything, you want to have an open mind to all of that. So, you know, in terms of being able to verify things.
2: Well, you know, in, in the paranormal, there's so many different aspects and you can take so many different views in it, you know, so it, it, each person is going to have their own opinion, their own view. And that's what I try to offer with the guests. And it's up to the listener to yeah. make their decision. Other than that, they can go listen to rock music.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, it's all about having an open mind to it and enjoying the entertainment end of it and then taking away whatever you're going to take away. And I and that, that all depends on who that is. I mean, everybody that comes to the show, the same as my show, they come with their own filter of what they have experienced before, you know? whether it's in in the way of, you know, Magic and Illusion and stuff, and when they come and see my show, it's very different from a lot of the other things that are out there, as it it should be. You know, I made it, you know, uh, to... That it's inspired by the kind of things that you like and feature on the show and and that's the kind of stuff that I like as well, but you have to people have to come to that you know with an open mind they can't you know everybody everybody comes through their own filter of what they've experienced so far, but I think part of the fun is coming you know to your show or mine, and that is experiencing something they haven't before, and for that, you really just have to have an open mind. you can believe it or not, but you have to have an open mind to. You know, uh, you know, all of those topics of uh, the, the paranormal and the occult and the supernatural and and even, you know, into extraterrestrials and and Bigfoot and and um, and UFOs and all of the great array of things that you cover on the ship.
2: Oh, yeah. But, you know, I was wondering if you want to trade places for a week because, you know, you get all these beautiful women uh you know <laughs> I knew you, you were, were going to go there yeah I knew you, that's what you were going with that <laughs> yeah I, and all i have is my little studio uh and you know that's it no you know i got a picture of marilyn monroe and and a mm-hmm. few other pictures of <clears throat> but i you know uh that's all i have i mean you know
0: <laughs> well uh, you you need to get busy booking some uh you know some uh, lovely, talented guests uh, for in studio. Then and then you could be like me. You you know you take a lot of pictures with a lot of uh, actresses. And uh, I have a I'm you know I'm fortunate that uh, my gig uh, you know is structured where I get to work with a lot of uh, beautiful, talented women in in my show and what I do as well. And I've hosted for and everything and and, uh, I work with a lot of them in my show and in other people's shows and things so uh, it's a good gig I guess is what I'm saying You, you could have you could have the same thing going on you know Get yourself a lovely co-host or something like that. And then then you need, like, a Elvira as a nice in-studio guest, something like that. Yeah but, she's I, freaking you, off. Yeah. yeah,
2: but if I had her on the show, I would be going uh, 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 through the whole show. I'd be looking at her boobs. <laughs> you know, I couldn't stop.
0: Well, it's kind of hard not to, especially in that dress uh, that she uh, <laughs> has constructed, especially to show off her assets. So, uh, yeah, there's that, but, uh, you know, you'd be just fine. You'd be just fine. You, it, at least you can say, I'm sure you, I know you've had a lot of lovely, uh, ladies on the phone with you there that have called in to be guests and stuff.
2: Yeah, but i seen right? some, i seen some pictures of some of the ones have called. No, thank you.
0: <laughs> no, but anyway, but yeah,
2: <laughs> now as, you know, like I said, my studio, yeah, which, you know, my uh, mm-hmm. studio actually rivals a lot if not better than a lot of radio stations have now i mean that's how much work i have put into this but i got one thing my wife yeah my wife is still living with me so i can't bring well, a beautiful woman it, yeah. in here as a co-host my wife would you know hit me over the head with a rolling pin or a frying pan or a baseball bat or a machete Probably the Well, machine.
0: you know, she just puts a nanny cam in there to watch you while you're working. <laughs> keep you honest. <laughs> that, yeah, see, that
2: that would take all the enjoyment out doing a show right there.
0: Put a camera in there and well, smile on me. That it, that it might, that it might. You know, you do some live streams, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then everybody can keep you on <laughs> the up and up right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that might be some sticky fun. I'll tell you that. Uh, dark, sticky fun is the way to go. Absolutely. That's my whole branding right there. <laughs> dark, sticky fun. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah.
2: Well, you know, another thing, you know, when you talked about razor blades, you know, in your mouth mm-hmm. the last time we were on the show, I didn't realize yeah. how you did it. And now I saw how you di- uh, do it. I don't even know how mm-hmm. you can even begin to do it.
0: Yeah, it's good, isn't it? You, yeah, there's, it, it, people can see it. It's in you can see the act in Dark Realm in the movie with with so much of my show because Dark Realm is a combination of my illusion show with a horror film narrative. So it tells a, a horror story, but you do get to see uh, me uh, on stage in front of a, a, a live of a real audience and everything. And um, and you can also see it. There's a there's a nice a couple of, of uh, clips of it uh, from the act on um, on YouTube as well. If anybody out there wants to check that out, just just uh, search my name on on YouTube and you'll find a, a, you know a plethora of my uh, my work on there. And uh, yeah, well, thank you. I mean that that's um, you know it is. I mean you, you know like I say, don't try this at home unless you're really really drunk. So <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you're really
2: drunk, I'll, I'll tell you what's going to end up happening. One, you, you, if you don't lose your tongue uh or mm-hmm. cut up your mouth really bad you're gonna probably cut a finger off that's what i think
0: oh yeah i i have drawn blood most of the time i've done that you have to know how to handle those and there's still going to be blood there will be blood yes oh
2: well, is that where well, the the warm sticky fun comes into it
0: uh, definitely, it's it's warm, dark, sticky fun. Absolutely, you know, it, I, one uh, at flashback weekend horror convention uh, a couple of years ago, I was doing the razor blades because you know, they love that at horror conventions, um, um, and I do it all the time. But they, it's a particular favorite of my audience, and, it, and it's a favorite at horror conventions and things. I mean, I do it for all audiences, and I'm always kind of amazed and pleased because it's really on the sideshow kind of side of things, and it's got definite shock value to it. And some people have to watch it through, you know, the, the, you know, through their fingers while their hands in front of their face because they they can barely watch it. I've had I have a big, you know, like three hundred pound bouncers at bars tell me they can't watch me do that, which is awesome. Um, but you know, it, it, it is one of those things that you you, you just you you've, you've got to see. So you do have to know what you're doing, you know, when you're doing it. Um. But if any anybody wants to check that out, just yeah, just look for you know look under my name and, and they can see they can see exactly what's involved and in what we're talking about here. But there there's razor blades and I'm sticking them in my mouth and everything and uh rolling them around and uh well, you know, it's dark sticky fun, wouldn't you think?
2: Well, uh, that or, yeah yeah, you won't be kissing anybody for a long time if you lose part of your tongue.
0: Well, you know, you have to protect the tongue, but you know, like I uh, what I I got a little off subject, but at at, at that at, at flashback weekend horror convention, one time I I had actually nicked my my hand as well, and I was bleeding all over the props and everything. I had to, I, somebody came out of the audience, and luckily she had a, a bandage in her uh, in her purse, and she came up and and uh, stuck a band-aid on my hand, so I would stop bleeding all over my uh, show while I was doing it because that that's how dangerous that thing is. I mean, they are real razor blades, and you do have to know what's going on. So. It's, uh, you know, that, that's what I do. I bleed for my audience because that's how much I love to give them dark, sticky fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And
2: then, then I, I saw how you did that uh, cremation. Now, to the audience out there, you know, he has a, a, a coffin. He puts a beautiful lady in it. And go ahead and tell them what you do to that lady
0: well we do kind of a of a it's a kind of a ceremonial uh you know reconstruction of a of a witch burning and we 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 take this you know the my lovely companion out and um pull her out of some of her witchy gear and everything and we stick her in this giant seven foot coffin and then we set her on fire and at the end of that, there is nothing left but a smouldering skeleton
2: and you get a lot of ooze and ahs.
0: That's one of those things that everybody goes away talking about that, and the razor blades and a few other things in the show. Those are some of the takeaways that everybody's like they 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 love them, and they can't they you know they can't believe that stuff, and they're just you know, it's you know, it's all that great stuff. That everybody seems to, to to really love the things in this show.
1: Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five. But if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at
0: chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Uh, that have a lot of shock value and a lot of things. It's just like it's just kind of it. it, it it's the kind of stuff you're not going to see in anybody's quote-unquote normal, you know, magic or illusion show. <laughs> you, have to, you, have to be, you have to go looking for something more extreme like my show, you know, which which uh, touches on all of that. It's very much inspired by all that kind of, you know, supernatural and, and strange darkness and everything. You know, the gothic illusion. So, yeah, the cremation illusion is pretty pretty stunning, and there's some uh, some awesome music going on through the show and everything as well.
2: Now when you get a new assistant and you know she's yeah. never worked with you before and then you explain mm-hmm. all the things that are involved I mean when you start mentioning the cremation in the in the casket I mean what type of response do you get and have you got anything interesting ever
0: uh, Well yeah I mean you know some have been a little concerned but I think I think the thing that's more interesting is I've more than a few times w- with the, you know, some of the, uh, the the lovely performers that I work with, they have been very, very, very geeked. They were totally down to get in that coffin and get set on fire. <laughs> wow. And I think that's the more interesting end of that. It's not the ones that were, you know, had reservations about it, but the ones that were, like, just totally down It's like, yeah, yeah, stick me in a coffin and burn me. Yeah. <laughs> and that... I like those ladies a lot.
2: <laughs> well, you know what's going to happen with me when I pass on? You know, in my will it says bury me face down, and then make sure no one's around because that casket is going to catch on
0: fire <laughs> and
2: go you know where.
0: <laughs> Are you telling me you've been that bad, that that uh, that naughty, that that provocative that uh, you're you're going to go to the other place?
2: Not in the last two or three minutes. Well, I see, then you're good. Then I'm, then I'm fine, you know? Yeah, I, I, always, yes. I always used to joke with people. I always used to say, bury me face down. They go, why would you want to be buried face down? And I said, why <laughs> would I want to be face up? Well, for you go to, to go to heaven. And I go, well, you know what? Maybe I don't want to go to heaven. And no matter how fast I can dig, if I'm not dead, you know, I'm going to go someplace mm. where it's warm. I'm not going to freeze to death.
0: Well, that's the thing. Everybody wants to go where it's warm and where all your friends are. So, you know, we'll go to the party place.
2: <laughs> now, I got a question for you. When you pass on, okay, or if you ever have a near-death experience, are you going to go to the light or are you going to go to the darkness?
0: Mm, good question. I think there's. I think there's definitely light within the darkness, you know? I think just because we play on the dark side and with some uh, dark and provocative subject matter doesn't necessarily mean anybody's going to the not good place. I mean, and that all depends on your whole concept of of the hereafter. And I'm sure you had some guests on that have talked about that. And you have heard stories of the hereafter that are, you know, uh, of a you know, of a really, you know, cool, surreal, and, and happy afterlife, and yet there's been some of those stories from people that, you know, didn't seem like very bad people that had horror stories about uh, their, their near-death experiences as well. So I guess that's all open to interpretation, but I don't, I don't fear it at all, you know?
2: Well, I always wondered, you know, if it's a trick. You know, like, if you go towards yeah. the brightness, might be the opposite. You know, like, it could be, like, from the devil telling you, you know, hey, yeah. go to the brightness. You're going to go to heaven. Well, maybe the darkness is where you find peace, and that's heaven. So, I mean, you know, you can look at it at two different ways.
0: That's true. And, and that leads to the idea that the theory is that when you go into the, the, the uh, great beyond, the hereafter, the afterlife, that uh, you're actually going into something that is, it is exactly modeled on the construct of what you think is there waiting for you, what you believe is there waiting for you, is then they're waiting for you. And that, that actually gets into the whole model of quantum physics and things change as they're being observed. So if you have built this in your mind, then that is where you're going.
2: Well, you know, I had this dream one night that I, well, had a near-death experience. And halfway in my uh, near-death experience, right, I woke up, okay, and I was in hell. And instead of being with my current wife of 41 years, I was with my first wife, which really put me through hell. And my current wife was saying to me, I told you so. I told you so. Now you're going to have to (laughs) live with her.
0: Well, well, I would, I would, uh, yeah, I would not, I wouldn't pay attention to that. I would try and start to construct a happier place for yourself in your head and then aim for that when you're, when you're headed out of this life, I would aim for that.
2: <laughs> well, of course, another thing I could do is I could, you know, when I die, I could end up, you know, in hell doing a radio show with not a single listener.
0: Wow. It's long like, you know, it, it, Maybe that wouldn't be so bad as long as you were still having fun and you had cool guests on there. Then maybe that's not so bad. But, you know, you do want to know that uh, the other peeps and creeps there in the hereafter with you are listening, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Like Hitler could be listening to my show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Or Stalin.
0: <laughs> There's a comforting thought, huh?
2: Yeah. I got a pineapple for him.
0: Absolutely. I love that movie. Yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) That's why I said that. I I couldn't resist.
0: Yes, awesome. Little Nicky. Yes, that's great. I love that. (laughs) Well, you know,
2: since the last time you've been on, I actually, a guy contacted me and he goes, how come you don't, on Facebook, you don't belong to any of the horror movies or horror flick, you know, or gothic groups? And I go, I never thought about it. And so I joined a few of them, and boy, did I get some listeners uh, from, you know, from them groups. And, you know, hey, you know, I'm into, Mm -hmm. like I told you before, I'm into, like, old sci-fi, the old horror movies. I I watch Comet. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you know who Comet Network is. You know, they show the old horror movies that are so bad that they're good.
0: Oh, the old, old like, super B, C-grade movies and stuff like that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then they even show some of the ones that are made in the '60s and '70s, where the actors don't know how to act.
0: There's a lot of that in in older movies. You know, there's a lot of that in indie, yeah. in like deep into indie horror. Now you can find a lot of that. You know, I mean, it uh, when you when you get any time you're you know people are uh, directors, writer directors are are casting a lot of their friends. If they're talented actor friends, that's awesome. If they're just, you know, whoever is available uh, because they're inexpensive or free to use, that's not a good choice for your film. Well,
2: no, it, it, well, it's okay. I mean, it saves you a lot of money in uh, producing them, but, you know, but then you might not have anybody watch it.
0: <laughs> no, well, I mean, the, the fun thing is, I mean, now, especially retroactively, especially like all that Ed Wood and, and all that great stuff, you know, the the, the campiness of it is fun to watch uh, retrospectively. I mean, people, I'm sure, had a different view if they had gone out and, you know, paid money to go see it on a big screen at the time. You know, uh, they might feel a little little different about it, but uh, it uh, it could definitely, you know, uh, be seen very differently now as the camp value is such great fun. But that's the hard thing about camp is is that a lot of people do not realize they're making a camp horror film while they're making it, which is what makes it a camp horror film, because then it's kind of an honest camp horror film. When somebody's trying to do that and, and trying to recreate that, it doesn't always work, which is funny. You know, you would think it would. You would think if somebody goes and, and uh, kind of constructs it the same way with the same kind of humor and and um, and acting or non-acting style that you would be able to, you know, reconstruct that and get the same thing. But it doesn't always work that way. It's usually in retroactive, you know, retroactively you go, oh, yeah, that's campy, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's hard to tell. But those things are such fun. They are great fun, and there's a huge audience for... It's like you know. It's like the worst you know B movies ever, and and <laughs> people just have great affinity for those. You know, and I, you do, yeah, clearly, yeah. And I like some of them too. I, I I really do. I love old Ed Woodstock.
2: Well, you know what is also interesting too. You know, is I had a, a couple directors on my show here about a month and a half ago who actually made some major movies. And we were yeah, talking, yeah. and, you uh, know, I didn't realize, you know, technology has advanced. I mean, I used to be in photography heavy, but I've been out of it for a long time. But, you know, yeah. they they were telling me that they were using cameras for most of their, their, their whole movie, you know. Instead of these $100,000 cameras and expensive lenses, they had, yeah. like, maybe seven or eight of these cameras that had cost them under $3,000 with a lens, okay. uh, you know, that... Uh, gave them, you know, cinema quality and they would have, wow. them, you know, it's yeah. just technology is just came down so much. So it gives people nowadays, you know, that they can actually, people just starting out uh, making movies, they don't have to yeah. sit there and, you know, rent this really expensive equipment they can just dump out maybe three, four or $5,000 and they can make a, a feature movie now.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. There, there are people. There's actually somebody that made a feature film on their iPhone because the camera is good enough in that, and, and they made a low budget indie uh, feature with an iPhone. So the the bar to entry is so much lower now because it, you're right. The technology is a boon. I mean, you could you, you can shoot it all with GoPro cameras, with with phones, and everything like that. You can color correct it and, and edit it and do all of that in a laptop. And, and you know, you've got a feature. I mean, you know, so tech the the tech end has come way down, you know, to make like an HD feature film. The, 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 the thing that you want to go for there is, is you want, you know, you want a good story, you want good writing, and you want to do good casting. Because you're still looking for the best actress that you can afford if not trying to get you know, some sort of a name in, in the in, you know, whatever genre you're in, like horror or, or beyond that, or even get, uh, you know, bigger names if you have enough budget to do that, because you can spend the money then on the cast and, and then the, the PR, uh, the promotional end, rather than simply on you know, the, the hundreds of thousands it used to take just to make a feature film. I mean, when you had to buy reels of film and everything like that to shoot, and then, you know, it took so much more time to go in and you had to process that film to look at your dailies and everything like that. Now, you know, you look at it and you've got a monitor and you can see, you know, what you got immediately. You can You can review right there in real time on the set did you get that that effect and and everything set up and you get the performance you want and if you didn't bang you just go right back in and, and continue to shoot and it is amazing what you can do so now now I think the big challenge is you know you want to make a good move you want you want it, you want production value and you want that all to be on the screen and that's that's what we did with Dark Realm I mean I, I co wrote and co produced that with uh, Vincent Balanchio whose horror pedigree goes all the way back to Roger Corman's uh, Sorority House Massacre. Then he's in that, and he's been in a ton of other things. We met on a movie by John Machago uh, called Blood Gnome. And uh, it, 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 was, it was really, it was, it, it, you know, i have been in a lot of different things, and, and uh, i produced on a lot of different movies, acted on a lot of projects. But it was really, you know, fun, you know, to get into Dark Realm, where we were really, I was making my own movie at that point with him, you know. Well,
2: yeah, that's what I like about the, the Dark Realm is because it really, you know, you look at it, and one part you feel like you're in the audience, and then it takes you into the sticky fun of, you know, being a movie and a horror flick, and and and, and you you, know, you kind of sit back. I haven't been able to watch it all the way through. I'll be honest with you, but I will. I, I you know, <laughs> you
0: got to sit down and watch the whole thing straight through.
2: Well, that's a problem, because like I said, I, you know, I also host now uh, uh, Michael Hall, who was on with us last time as a co-host. He has his yeah. own. Yeah. Saturday now I kind of board up uh, his show. He has a three hour show on Saturday night. So he, mm-hmm. he does that. So, I mean, you know, six days out of my uh, week is all, you know, tied up in the show. And then, I you know, I get really excited and want to watch these horror movies. Right. And the first thing that happens, you know, especially after he's done with his show at 10 o'clock on Saturday nights, I go in there and flip on the TV, start watching these horror movies. I fall asleep.
0: Oh, yes. Well, you know, uh, no rest for the wicked. You got a little caffeine and watch those movies. Yeah. But it is hard after you've had a long day and after you've done all this other stuff. It is it is hard to to keep going sometimes, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah, it is. But you know, I. I but that 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 movie, from what I've seen, I mean, you know, you do a great job acting. You get sucked right into it. So I mean, guys out there, if you want a good movie to sit back, you know, have a couple, you know, uh, cold uh, beers or whatever you want to drink, you know, get yourself a a nice uh, cozy uh, couch or easy chair you know, prop up your legs, you know, start uh, eating the popcorn and get excited, you know, and, you know, and watch the show. And and, and on top of it, it's beautiful babes in it on top of it.
0: <laughs> yes, there's there's lots of uh, very spectacular uh, illusions, acting, ice candy, uh, and music. There's great music in Dark Realm as well. And blood. We even got a soundtrack that you can find on, on Amazon, Spotify, and uh, and uh other places, uh called Realm by House Made of Dawn who did the majority of our of our soundtrack uh contributions and our score. So you want to check that out as well. The, the music's really, really good. And also there's there's great artists in there like uh, Voltaire and the Damn Bats and Jet Noir from the UK. There's there's it's really we've got a lot the, the music's so good in there that we get um it gets mentioned in reviews because they're not used to an indie film having a soundtrack, that that's good.
2: Oh, yeah, and to the so, listeners out there in the U.K., which is now, believe it or not, is 40% of my listenership is coming out of the U.K., uh, you know, I know you guys that's would, you guys would love this to, movie. So like you British need to get
0: it. And, and we'll, talk, we'll have to do the, the entire uh, interview in a British accent now for the U.K., right?
2: Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, may, maybe you might have Michael Caine uh, listening or John listening here tonight because they listen to my show quite often.
0: Actually, they don't listen to uh, it live. That's awesome! They're very geeked out to uh, think about that. You know, that's that's very great. Yeah,
4: you I mean, know, when you're
0: going to have Michael Caine on
2: yet? Yeah, here, yeah, but they don't actually listen to it live. They, what I was told, they download it, then they play it at their convenience because of the major time difference. I hope I didn't lose you. Oh, I lost you. Well, we'll have to get you back on here. That's the problem I hate uh, with a combination of uh, cell phones and Skype. You know, and it always happens also, uh, people. uh, Then we're we're right in the middle of a good conversation. And then the phone line goes, you know what? Let's see if we can get him back on here. And we should be able to. He might have to cycle, like, once or twice here to get him on. And we'll see. He probably doesn't realize he was cut off yet, so we'll give it a try again. But you gotta see Dark Realm. You know, that's one movie. Uh, You know, if you're in horror flicks, you need to see it. On top of it, the... uh, the magic tricks he does, you know, in the dark realm is really worth uh, watching. Okay. Gary. Yeah. We d you know, it, I, boy, we're not talking about conspiracies. You know, like <laughs> when I have, when I have one of my friends, Ronald uh, Farnham on, he was with the DOD, I think for 13 or 15 years. Every wow. time he's on, we, when we start talking about conspiracies, guess what happens? The phone goes beep, and that's it. And then we, you know, five or six times Weird. during an hour show, the the phone uh, gets disconnected.
0: That's fascinating. I, I'm actually having some phone issues. My, my phone in the middle of talking to you, my phone um, supernaturally just decided to reboot in the middle of our chat. So I don't know what's with this thing. We might uh, have to... Uh, set it up, flip over to Skype or something.
2: Now Skype is really bad, you know. The you know uh-huh. ev- they updated everybody to Skype eight point something, right? Then the majority right. of the people out there hated it because when he went to the, they went to eight point something, it made it really complicated. But then it got to be well, if you wanted to talk to more than one person, the other person had to have yeah. Skype. I mean, in, in the old Skype, yeah. classic Skype, you could talk to eight, nine people. They don't have to have Skype; they just call in your number, and you just click a button and add them onto it. Well, the new Skype, you could,
0: exactly right, yeah,
2: yeah. The new Skype, you couldn't do that, so people started complaining. So it was going to be just, uh, you know, cut off on the old Skype as of September first. Well, enough people made a complaint that they well are leaving it up for a while as they take the new Skype and make it more like the old Skype.
3: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Well, you know what? You, you would think you would know, you have done, would have done your research, and you would know what features you're on.
2: Okay, we just lost and your, okay, we, we're losing your audio there.
0: Are, are we there?
2: Yeah, we're here now.
0: Okay. All right. Good. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was just saying that you know you would think Skype would have done their research and known what their audience wanted before they started yanking things out of there. I think it was probably just another move, you know, uh, that they've done like so many of the platforms do, where they're they're doing a money grab, going, oh, if you want that back, you have to pay us for it now.
2: Well, you know, another thing I to do this show, okay, some of the broadcast software I have to use. To be reliable, I can't use Windows 10. It's not really compatible good with the software. It has issues. So, you know, and so I have to run Windows 7 Pro. But I'm running it right now on seven computers as we're talking. Okay. I got two dedicated computers for Skype for I can take in whatever. I have then for my, you know, going out to a radio station feed I have, uh, you know, all this stuff. It takes seven computers, all running Windows 7. Well, you know, uh, Microsoft just announced here a couple weeks ago that they weren't going to... And we just lost it again. Oh, wow. Maybe his battery's getting low. But anyway, the the frustrating part is that, uh, well, if you have Windows 7, you know, they're going to charge you monthly starting here in a few months per computer, just so you can continue running Windows 7. So we'll give this a, a little cycle here, and I think we might have to hang up and try again. There we go. Okay. Well, are you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here. It's, it was, uh, I don't know, the CIA keeps tapping our phone. Lines. Well, <laughs>
2: well, we're talking about conspiracies. We're talking about breast.
0: Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, yes, yeah. Conspiracy, yeah. Conspiracy and dark, sticky fun and Skype.
2: Yeah, uh, Skype. Well, you Like I was just mentioning, now for Windows 7, you know what they're going to do? They're going to charge people a monthly fee they continue uh, being able to use Windows 7? Because there's a lot of people out there that still prefer Windows 7 yeah. over Windows 10.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and then they stop. The, the Windows just wants to go back in. Microsoft doesn't, and they will just stop supporting, uh, you know, an older um, operating system, and then you're screwed, you know?
2: Now this they, this case, they said they'll they'll support it for another two or three years, but they're going to charge a monthly fee per computer. So I guess I'm going to be paying a monthly fee for seven computers just to continue running Windows Seven. I don't know. I, Microsoft and me don't get along. You know, when I had all this issues here with the mm. the, the current, well, the ex-current uh, uh, Skype. I I you know yeah. the only way you could talk to them, you know, it was chatting with them, you know. Uh, You couldn't talk it to him, you know, in person over the phone. Well, I, you know, I finally started getting mad. I don't know where, maybe she was in the Philippines or India. I have no idea, but I said, you know, I do a national, a worldwide show and I have a huge audience uh, listenership. And if you don't let me talk to a supervisor, I'm going to talk two hours about Microsoft and Skype and all these (laughs) other programs that you made people, you know, and I had somebody on the phone within five minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's what it takes. you have to know how to leverage them. You have to know what gets their attention and that they definitely don't want you to go out there and start talking about their inferior product, you know, because they, they don't want a lot of bad press on that. But I mean, if you don't want bad press, then make the tech, work I mean you you, you we built a world where we like the tech we love it when it works but it sucks when it doesn't so make it work for us and and we won't have any issues with you and uh-huh. your company and I think they're so busy wanting to take everybody's money uh, I think quality suffers many times.
2: Well, it's just like if you, when you did that casket uh, cremation, right? It's the same thing. If mm-hmm. if you didn't have the bugs out of it and you lost the assistant maybe every 20th time, you know, you'd start figuring something is wrong. And it took, you know, literally uh, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, emailing uh, Microsoft saying, hey, your new version of Skype doesn't work on my computer. It sucks. It does this wrong. Before they decided, oh, maybe we better redesign it.
0: Well, you see, that's the thing. I mean, you know, and I think they all do that. You know, including Apple. It's like people go and stand in line, and you know, and I'm not picking on them in general. I don't, I don't have a beef with them, but I'm just. It amazes me that people will stand in line and pay, you know, a thousand dollars for the new iPhone, and they're the ones that are essentially beta testing that thing as well, because then the next thing you hear is all the patches they're sending out. And it's not just them. It's, it's, it's most of these companies. But it's like, why can't you beta test your tech before you put it into the market and start asking for us to pay for it? You know, I don't, I don't want to go stand in line for something and pay a premium price to, you know, to be one of the first to have something, and then be the ones that are you know not getting finished tech. That I'm, I'm getting something that I'm beta testing for you. Yeah. It's like if you want me to, if you want me to beta test it for me, then you send me one for a discount or for free. I'll beta test it for you. You know, and then I won't expect it to work. But you know, I expect it that I'll be, I'll be wanting to to help you debug it. But don't ask me for a premium price. You know, for anything or any tech and then expect me to tell you that it needs to be fixed, because that's endless frustration for the customers, the clients, the end users, always, you know. I mean, nobody wants to be treated like that, and, and yet, the, the you know, the, the, especially the larger, you know, uh, tech companies don't seem to have a big problem with rushing things to market to make, uh, you know, to make money to pump up their stock price, but, you know, who gets screwed in the end is, um, is the customers many times. So I'm just saying, tech companies... Make your shit work you know before you send it to us, I'm just like make it work before uh before you ask us to beta test it well you, that's not cool that is not fair
2: no it is not and you know another thing just off the subject here of horror for a yeah. second you know last week I broke it on my show uh that master chart uh, mastercard uh, you yeah. know they sold all their customers out I don't know if you have a mastercard I actually. Cut mine up after I called him up and told him what I thought about him. Master- Did
0: what, what happened with them? Mm-hmm. I actually do have a MasterCard.
2: Well, you know, every place you've used that card, you know, from food mm-hmm. to hotels to online shopping, they sold mm-hmm. every client information to Google. They sold it to Google. Huh? They sold it to Google for a lot of money. So now Google got all this information from all the cardholders that use MasterCard so they know where everybody's been shopping, how much money they spend on their card a year. All that information was sold off to Google. Hmm. Now that's scary.
0: Well, I mean, you have to consider that that any and all of the, you know, search engines, you know are subject to to that anyway i mean there you know anybody that has that information about you know they can you can trace back any any purchase any online activity uh, that you've done and any any search that you put into it you know back to your ip address but um, but,
2: but, but, but yeah, look at this weird. way you got a girlfriend and you're married right so you sneak mm-hmm. once a month down to uh, uh, the tp motel right and you use yeah. your, you use your Master Card, you know, to pay for your room, right? And and you buy her mm-hmm. some nice lingerie at some sex shop, right? And and some whatever, right? Now yeah. that infor- that information now is sold to Google, right? So now you got a a, a computer that's shared by the family, right? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all of a sudden, your wife is using the computer paying bills and. This teepee motel comes up, you know, with a special for Saturday nights. (laughs) Okay? Or some local, you know, sex shop for toys all of a sudden appears on Mm -hmm. the computer while she's using it. Now, she's going to wonder what is going on. So, I mean, hey, guys, you know, better clean up your act really quick. If not, if you don't want to clean up your act, don't use MasterCard.
0: It'll keep you honest. Or if you're lucky on the upside, she'll see, you know, the lingerie ad and then see the hotel ad. And then she'll get an idea of her own and want to drag you out there.
2: So um, Or then, or she, better yet, she'll get an idea and drag one of the office workers that she works with out to
0: there. <laughs> well, at, at that point, it's just time to talk about an open relationship.
2: <laughs> yeah, or a, a closed one when she walks out. <laughs>
0: there's that as well exactly well i seems like there might be other 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 issues at play as well as Mastercard's um uh not so cool move to sell out everybody's information
2: you know getting back to making these movies and stuff you know i remember that uh at one point vincent price they wanted him to make this one movie uh but it the they wanted it done really fast. They, they, the, the producer, the director, wanted to do it in color, and Vincent Price said, "No, I want to do these two movies. Let's do it in black and white, uh, because it was cheaper, naturally, to do it in black and white, you know, than color." So he managed to crank out two movies for the price of one. And you know, I still think, I still think that, and we lost the line again. <laughs> I, okay, Google, I apologize. That I, I, that could probably be it. Could it? I don't know. You know, Google, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea anymore. Well, let's try to get them back on again. This is interesting now. Maybe we should talk about more conspiracies. I got to learn to keep my big mouth shut. Because anytime I start talking like Mastercard or I start talking about Google or Microsoft, this is what happens. But I gotta warn you guys: be careful with your your uh, your credit cards because you don't know what's gonna. You know, besides getting out reached Fitzgerald's realm of magic, Uh-oh. not
0: leaving a message is horribly
2: Okay, well, will give him maybe a second here to recycle. But it is scary out there because what can happen? I mean, with your credit cards, you have to worry about your credit information being on the dark realm or the dark web, I should say. I'm sorry about the dark realm, but the dark web. Now you got to worry about where you spend your darn uh, credit cards at. I don't know. Let's try again here. I, I think I broke the record here tonight of phone drops. Well, let's see what happens here. They say the fifth is a charm. A charm of what? I really don't know. Okay, well, I hope everybody's having a good night. Tomorrow's Friday, scary Friday night. The last half an hour of the show. You can call in and tell us. You have reached Fitzgerald's realm of now magic. Get- Not leaving the phone went- is horribly tragic.
0: Your name and your number is well.
2: Gee, I wonder if his phone went dead. The cell phone. Anyway, you know, uh tomorrow you can call us at after nine thirty at one two five three two oh three six six nine five. That's one two five three two oh three six six nine five. You can certainly call us, tell us a scary story, and maybe you'll win a, a nice gift from Night Dreams Talk Radio. Let's try again. Boy I gotta learn not to say certain things over the uh internet, huh? Oh well. Such is life. By the way, my diet is killing me. Well, let's hope it goes through this time. If not, you'll have to hear me talk to myself. That could be rather interesting. Now, also this Saturday, Michael W. Hall.
0: uh-oh. Not leaving a message is
2: horribly tragic. Your name It's not going through. Anyway, this Saturday, uh Michael W. Hall, the Paranormal Lawyer, uh will not be on the Saturday. We're gonna have one of his replays, but he'll be back on well, the following Saturday, uh from seven to ten PM with some great guests, naturally in the paranormal. Uh also they went to Mount Saint uh, Adams here a couple weeks back. They got some really interesting interesting uh videos and and pictures of well things up in the sky that shouldn't be doing some strange strange things well let's see what's what's going on if we get them back this is getting rather interesting here but anyway uh the weather here up in Gig Harbor yeah well it didn't rain all day today but I can tell you summer is long gone. But I tell you, I'd rather live here right now than on the East Coast. I don't know how many of the listeners out there are from the uh, East Coast. It's okay, it's not going through.
0: not leaving a message is horribly tragic. Your name and your number is one.:
2: I got a funny feeling maybe. Okay, I got I'm getting the message. Okay, he's trying to get his phone. It it totally crashed. He's trying to get his phone going. And, uh, well, let's see what happens. I'm going to play a little bit of music here for a minute while we try to sort this out here. right back on in about a
3: minute or two.
5: Night Dreams, Scary Story Night, on Friday nights. Call in at 9.30 p.m. Pacific at 1-253-203-6695. You're listening to my friend Gary Anderson on My Dreams Talk Radio, the best in
0: paranormal radio.
2: Well, here I am again uh he will ron will be calling us back here in a minute as phone uh cell phone crashed, and I think his battery went dead, so he's charging it here for a minute, and then we should have him back on.
5: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: You know, compared to even, you know, being in a studio doing a live broadcast, I mean, you know, we have to rely on things such as our telephone lines, our cell phone lines, and even Skype. And, you know, Skype sometimes, you know, depending on what we're talking about, has a tendency of dropping you just out of a clear blue moon. You know, uh, coming up here, um, I might tell you some people uh, what's coming up here. Let me grab my my logbook here. Coming up here shortly with guests. We got some great guests coming on Night Dreams Talk Radio. Uh, we have, well, if you're into conspiracies, we have... Uh, Mr. Phillips on, on the 27th, the 28th. We got uh, Ron uh, Barnham back on. We're going to be having a lot of people talking about UFOs. We got uh, Jason Boyd uh, on. Uh, He does and collects uh, horror masks, you know, like from horror movies. So he's going to be on for two hours on the 21st, and we're going to be talking about collecting horror masks and what you should be looking for and what you shouldn't be looking for. Certainly, you know, some of these ones out of uh, China, the quality is not there. Uh, uh, The price is that if you want to get into collecting horror masks, you know, and all that stuff, uh, he's going to give us, you know, what they uh, actually cost and what you should pay. Okay. Well, your phone crashed.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Talking about uh,
2: the, uh, uh, we'll blame it the
0: on. upside of your tech. Yeah, well, that, yeah.
2: maybe it's because we talked about Master Charge, we talked about, uh, or I did anyway, like a big mouth I am, and then we talked about uh, Microsoft, and then we talked about Google. So uh, maybe just one of those people, you know, decided to pull the plug on us. I don't know. where.
0: The triad is after us now. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that
2: is possible. Uh, did your battery run dead, or did the phone decide to update or do something weird?
0: Well, it, the, it, it's partially the phone. It wasn't, wanting. Well, I, mean, I was actually, uh, it, it was running low on power, and I, I plugged it in uh, while we were chatting, and it did not seem to want to take the charge, so I had to actually swap the batteries out. So now I have a... Uh, a fresh, mostly completely charged battery in this thing right now. So we should be good for a little while longer.
2: Okay. You know, I, I normally use Samsung. I've had no problems with Samsung cell phones. You know, the batteries seem to like last forever. And then I went to this other manufacturer, which I won't say, but I've had this phone yeah. maybe 13 months and have, this is the third battery uh, on it. And you yeah, know, they, they just die after a couple months of uh, charging them. And uh, yeah. I don't know cell phones. I hate to say it, especially the prices you pay for them. But you know what? My wife, uh, she works for a major computer manufacturer. They supply her a, a, a cell phone, you know, because she needs it for yeah. her job. In case they have to get a hold yeah. of her, the the major manufacturer, you know, said that the phone life is like eighteen months. Really. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's one of the biggest cell phone manufacturers. And a little note in there said the average life on the cell phone is about 18 months. So you can figure that out.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, no wonder the batteries go so fast. It, it just seems like there's so much uh, w- when, when things go that fast, no matter what kind of... Uh, of tech or appliance or anything that it is, it seems there's a lot of built-in obsolescence. So they're so hungry for you to come back and buy the next one. But who the hell is going to come buy, back and buy the next one when that one didn't didn't serve you well? You well, know, I mean, it, it, it used to be they would, they would build things like a tank and it would last forever. And uh, not anymore, you know? No. My
2: last cell phone I had, it was, like I said, it was one of the major, major cell phone manufacturers. I had it mm-hmm. for four years. And, you know, I, I said, well, gee, this other phone, and it was expensive to replace it now, even with the same phone I had then, would have been like eight dollars $900. I have a tendency sometimes dropping them, and I'm not going to pay eight $900 or their insurance either way. But I, yeah. I went to a different brand, which is a big company, but, you know, quite a bit cheaper. I guess you get what you pay for.
0: Well, I think that's true as well. I mean... You know sometimes in the mid range, it seems like you can find some some uh things that are more economical that actually work for a while uh but a lot of times you do you 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 get what you pay for and and you do want to pay a little bit more to get something with uh, that that lasts longer has better features, and then it just holds up better oh yeah, you know. Well, yeah, it's definitely, definitely true.
2: Now, i got to ask you a question. Do you have any scary stories? I know it's not Friday, but do you have any scary stories you can tell the audience, anything? Uh...
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of uh, fun, creepy stories and things like that. I mean, it's like the theater we shot Dark Realm in is the state theater in uh, South Bend, Indiana. We shot a lot of it you know in in Chicago in the surrounding area But the um we were able to get this great old theater uh the state theater in in South Bend and uh, uh actually you know Vinny uh was able to get the theater in for us and it's a beautiful theater you see it you know uh throughout the the, the movie and even in the opening credits he's got some great camera work of like this old great you know architecture in the, in this uh this old theater <clears throat> and it had an interesting life because it started as a vaudeville house originally and then went uh, and became a movie theater. There was a screen in there that we had to raise up out of the way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then later in its life, it, it had been closed down for a while and, and it came back later and they actually used it as a church, which m- many churches will go in and kind of repurpose a, a theater because of the way it's set up with the stage and the seating. And then after that, it had its it, it, its its last life before it went back to being a theater was as a nightclub, which is really funny, you know, coming on the heels of of uh, of being a church, you know, right from the saints to the sinners, as <laughs> <Right>. they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it had a really rich, rich great history, but it, it had all kinds of rumors that it was actually haunted, and we and we referenced this in the in the film as well. And uh, in fact, we wanted to. on the extras in the DVD, we wanted to do actually a, you know have of a, a ghost hunt and do some sort of a of a paranormal you know walkthrough of the of the whole facility. And, and we never uh, had the time to do that because we have some friends. I, I know you have some friends in the in the, the ghost hunting world that that were interested in doing that, but we could never work it out schedule wise. So the, the the it goes back into its history when it was when it opened as a vaudeville house. And one of the, the big rumors was that uh, that the original owner, he, that you could see his, his spirit, his ghost, uh, standing uh, from the stage. You could see him standing uh, up in the balcony during performances. And I kept looking while we were, while we were shooting the film, and I never saw him, but uh, uh, Cherry's Jubilee who is uh, in the film uh, along with me and, and everyone else, uh, who does a wonderful staple gun act uh, later in the film that everybody <laughs> has to see as well. It's another one of those moments that everybody walks away talking about is her, her staple gun act. Uh, now, i I got you know, to ask
2: years. you a question. At one point, one, one of my sons worked with me. when we, we owned several businesses in the past. One was a bicycle yeah. shop. The other one was an indoor skateboard uh, park and oh very cool. cool yeah well i don't know i was too old for the young kids especially you know i still have a <laughs> skateboard uh tattoo on my arm uh anyway and i'm old uh but you know they actually was shocked they said Did they have skateboards back when you know the cover wagon days mm-hmm. but uh yeah. my son one day you know these big uh, commercial staplers Mm-hmm. okay yeah you know he yeah. got for some reason, I don't know what. It, whoa, maybe he was on something. I have no idea. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I felt like this stinging. It really hurt my back, and and he just laid a whole bunch of staples into me for. And then he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know. And then he then he pulled them all out for me, which felt good getting them out. Then about a week later, he did it again. You know, when I bent over, he couldn't resist. Bang, 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 bang. You know. Uh, well, that that's my story of staples. Anyway.
0: <laughs> After that were you were you crushing up his medication and putting it in his applesauce and things like that?
2: No, I actually <laughs> I, at work now. I waited a few weeks, okay?
3: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry,
5: we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <laughs>
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you
3: lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd, were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And then mm-hmm. he was sitting in a chair, and he didn't have his legs crossed uh, over, and I go, hey, this is a good time to shoot him. And I shot him with a stapler. Yeah. You know, and, uh, boy, did he... him with a what? I shot him with an electric stapler. I mean, this is a one that you staple <laughs> on the wall type of staples. You know, the ones that are, you know, yeah. like half inch long, <laughs> you know. And I tell mm-hmm. you, I never heard anybody scream with a high pitch uh, sound ever in my life.
0: That's some proper revenge right there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then he had enough nerve and said, well, Dad, why did you do that? And I said, do you know what it felt like? I have like 30, 40 staples in my back.
0: Yeah, thanks. Well, that's a turnabout. about a fair play sometimes. It is. but wait, And that's exactly the kind of stapler the chair uses in the movie. I mean, have you have you hit that point yet? Did you get to the point where no, you saw no, and, the, and the stapler gun no, and the, the cards?
2: No, I know it played when I, uh, when I was sleeping. But, yeah. I, <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> I'm coming over to your house with stimulants. And hot girls and, you know, we're going to watch the film together and you'll just have to be up all night long.
2: Well, this Saturday, because uh, Michael Hall can't do his show, he was in the hospital on Monday, uh, we're going to do a replay. Well, I he's all right. Oh, yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah, all right, but, uh, you know, I'm going to do a replay, which I don't even have to be in the studio while it's playing. I just yeah. set it on and I'm going to go into my bedroom. And I'm going to finish, I'm going to start it from the beginning into the end. And, you know, and I I can, I can watch it. I don't mind my wife snoring.
0: (laughs) You never know. She might want to see some of it too, but I'm sure she's crashed out from her day and everything. But yes, I, uh, watch the rest of that because next time I'm on, we'll, we'll have the, 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 you know, we'll do the, the dark realm questionnaire and I'll make sure you made it all the way through the movies and the credits as well.
2: We, yeah, oh yeah! Now let's get back to this uh, the story <laughs> yeah, about you know. So it's a
0: scary story anyway. Cherry uh, was backstage waiting, you know, in the wings to bring me uh, a prop on stage during during the, the the shooting of the show, which we shot in, in front. Of, we did a, with a, little, a call for. A, uh, a live audience, and so those are real people we shot the show in front of. It's the same way that you would see it, you know, there. We didn't, we're not using movie magic there. The movie magic's in the in the narrative part, but uh, the stage show is as it is. So she's uh, in the wings, going to bring me on there. And she said she felt someone come up and tap her on the head. And she turned around, and there was nobody in sight in there. So we, we did have a few experiences like that. I didn't myself, but some of my cast and crew did. in in the theater, in the building. It was a really big building in there. Um, It was an interesting experience, you know, in there. And it was all, you know, it's still, you know, even though it had been updated throughout the years in in places, it still had that great vintage uh, appeal to it. And it just, you know, you just kind of got the vibe that, yeah, 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 this place could have, you know, someone or something or many things uh, visiting in here. And, you know, there was a couple of little stories like that, but the, the, that's the one that first comes to mind, is, uh, you know, Cherry swore up and down that, that somebody had come by and, and you know, and, and pat her on the head, and that there's nobody around. And uh, she was talking about that for the rest of pro- the production when we were in there. And I, I was on stage, I kept looking, I just wanted to, I wanted to see the owner of that theater up there in the balcony. And I never caught him, but... I kept looking for him. I really wanted to see that. You know, there were some other experiences of people hearing, you know, footsteps going upstairs in the uh, in the theater and things like that. And it had this wonderfully super creepy Freddy Krueger-esque basement underneath uh, the facility, which was really great and creepy and cool. And actually there were some, some friends who did a, a photo shoot down under there uh, and because they liked the effect of it so much. So, a uh, great building, and, you know, just such a, you know, an eerie vibe in the whole thing, which is, of course, just added to the fact that we got to shoot the movie in there, that we there, there were actually all of that history and the stories about it, and then people experiencing things like that for themselves right in the theater where we shot the movie. So, you know, Dark Realm has this nice patina of spooky weirdness to it, and um, and, and that, that went all the way through uh, to the making of the movie.
2: I, You know, you guys ought to contact like Comet, you know, network and see if you yeah. get them, a, you know, to run it, because I think it would really be awesome because, you know, I like I said, you know, I've always been into, you know, sci fi and horror movies my whole life. But, you know, I didn't yeah. even realize till I went on and searched Facebook. You know, how big and you, these yeah. these groups are with people. And instead of having, like, 5,000 or 6,000 into them, there's one that had, mm-hmm. like, 55,000 people that uh, are in it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Yeah,
0: man. I'm in a lot of those different groups, too. We'll have to see if we're in, the, in, in some of the same ones. We'll have to do a group share on, on things because you can invite each other to groups and things like that. But I like that, and I share things to groups and post in groups all the time. I, 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 I like it. It seemed like, you know... You know, the the pages, you know, uh, are fun, but the, the groups are really interesting because instead of being, you know, m- m- so much about, you know, somebody or their show or what they're doing or anything like that, the groups are kind of topical, and it's about horror or Halloween or gothic groups and things like that, and there's great communities in there. And I would think uh, there's a, you will find a ton of people in there that, that will love the show, that will want to come over and listen to the show.
2: Oh, yeah. I already have. That's that's, you know, I think why some of my audiences picked up now in all these horror movies you've been in and, you know, made and and help write and and help direct and little parts of it and stuff like that. Have you ever had anything anything paranormal happen or or anything really scary or strange happen while you're making uh, a, a movie?
0: Not so much in the making of the movie. I mean, that's that's you know you know good old fashioned movie magic. I, I think the closest thing to to you know real uh, you know kind of supernatural uh, you know paranormal things happening was in that theater, the the state theater uh, in Southland with Dark Realm. I mean, I've had my own personal experiences, which is outside of filmmaking. You
2: oh, know, oh, oh, look, I, do you want to I talk about? Me? Talk
0: about one time? Yeah, it's a good scary story. So yeah, I mean. Um, I I was uh I was ill and I was uh you know waiting for some surgery and, and stuff and uh and it was an ongoing kind of illness and uh it had be going on for a while and then one night, um, in the midst of all of this I was laying in bed with my girlfriend and then at the foot of the bed it was late, in the middle of the night, and I saw you know, what I'm going to label an entity, what I'm going to call an entity, and it looked like, you know, it was kind of floating, flying, floating, levitating at the end of the bed, the foot of the bed, and outstretched arms, a black shroud, and, you know, as the arms went out, you know, to either side, skeletal hands, and then slowly the, the hood tipped up to reveal a skeletal face. And it seemed to just kind of hover there for the longest time. I couldn't tell you exactly how long it was. I'm I'm sure it felt like a lot more time than it actually was. And and it just hovered there. And I was fascinated by it uh, up to the point to where it started to, to slowly creep up where it was, you know, kind of starting to you know, where we would be facing me soon. We would be, you know, as I looked up, it would be, you know, you know, laying flat across, hovering, you know, looking straight down at me. And and as it crept closer and closer, I uh, I eventually, I took a swing at it, and I rolled out of bed onto the floor, and it was gone. It was just, that was it, you know? Um, never heard anything, never made a sound. You know, and I wasn't on any sort of medication or anything that would... You know, cause when they have an experience or hallucination or anything like that, never happened before, never happened since. But it—it it, uh, it certainly looked like uh, the Grim Reaper had uh, come to uh, do something. You know, scare me, warn me, take me—I don't know. But that—that—that that, uh, that is my uh, most visceral brush with uh the supernatural, the paranormal and whatever that was, I have an open mind to it. But, you know, I saw something and, and you know, and there was there was no communication, there was no nothing other than the fact that, you know, as it got closer I, I had I'd had enough of that and wasn't about to find out uh what the next part of that experience was gonna be. So I took a swing and rolled out of bed and, and, and I woke up my girlfriend and everything and but uh that uh
3: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: That's the experience. So I don't know if you heard anybody else explain anything, you know, quite like that. I've heard i heard of things, other stories about like entities floating, you know, at the foot of beds and, and things like that, but not necessarily in, in the in the guise of the Grin Reaper.
2: Well, I I got a funny feeling. Like I'm going to really burst your bubble here but yeah. I, maybe maybe the reaper got you okay and you passed maybe. on you went to hell and this is <laughs> this is what hell is right now that you're experiencing
0: <laughs> it's not a bad deal then i'm having a good time so that's it's what I'm saying. Back I mean, place, yeah. if you
2: went to heaven, right, and and you could drive mm-hmm. royal, Roy- you could own a Rolls Royce and and have speedboats and have the most beautiful woman in the world and a puppy dog that loved you and you know, and life just uh. was perfect. Nothing ever happened bad. Would you want that, or would you want a life that was like this for the rest of your for eternity? I would take what what I am going through. In eternity. I wouldn't want the other.
0: The other, you know, I mean, getting everything you want. I mean, that's kind of the point of life. We all want to get what we want, you know. I mean, uh, to get there. I mean, yeah, it's all about maximizing the good stuff, minimizing the crap, the bad stuff. And uh, a lot of people say, though, there is a whole there's a whole construct, a a concept that we go back and forth. that, That, you know, it's like. It's like Doctor Who, only instead of regenerating, we we go back into behind the veil, and then we come back down, we choose to come back down and learn more and experience more for the cosmos, the cosmic uh, whatever is out there, whoever your concept of your maker is, that it is experiencing itself through us, you know, down here in the flesh, and then we go back. When we die, and then we can come back. It, you know, like I say, it's like Doctor Who. We're not regenerating. The sonic screwdriver. You know that concept of same program, different casing. Okay. You know, so that that's another way to look at it. That we do indeed come back here specifically for the challenges and to learn and to overcome things and to come back down in different you know periods of time as it moves forward, and then. And then uh, when, you know, the body gives up the ghost, you go back and then decide whether you're coming back for another round of that or not because, and maybe that's exactly why what you just described is that you could go on behind the veil to, to the afterlife and go, okay, well, this is really, it's just all awesome here and there's a lot of love in the room, but it's boring, so... I'm going to go back down and challenge myself to learn something new or finish some old business somehow. And then that happens and then then here we are again. So maybe we've done this all before, Gary. Who knows?
2: You know? Well, as long as I don't get stuck with my first wife with again that you know that that <laughs> that could be the hell. Could you imagine being married to the worst woman in the world? Well, I'm sorry ladies, but I mean she was not the the nicest person in the world. And and then you're reincarnated and you keep going back to the same type of woman over and over again. That would be hell.
0: But, you know, I I will. Well, I mean. If if you re- if you if it's just a if it's just a repeat, yeah, nobody likes repeats. I mean, you know, there are certain the good things we want to revisit all the time, but you know, something like that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to send your back down, send yourself back down to that. I remember you telling me the stories of her and the the Ouija board parties and all that stuff, and how how weird and 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 tenuous that all got, where you know it was just you had had enough at a certain point.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, but you know. Yeah reincarnation i've had a couple guests on who wrote books on it uh one is yeah. a, a very famous psychiatrist that has been on my show and we were talking about like the the case with a kid in the uk it was like five years old and he was telling mm-hmm. his parents you know he, that he was a, fi- a fighter pilot for the raf during world war II. Yeah, and he n- mentioned the squadron uh you know people's names he explained mm-hmm. you know how he Uh, The plane caught on fire and how he died. And and then, like when he was about seven years old, it was like he forgot all about it. But there's been so many cases of young kids, like in India, there was a case again of about a five, six, no, Mm -hmm. seven-year-old boy that went up to his dad and told his dad, this guy in the village killed me. And mm-hmm. and buried my body over such and such. Well, you know, I kept saying it and saying it, and finally his, you know, dad and mom took him to the local police, and you know, nobody believed it. So he took him to where the boy was supposedly buried. They started digging, yeah. the digging, you know, and then they found the remains of a little boy with, that had a huge hole uh-huh. in his head, and one uh-huh. of the, the and it was a small village, and one of the the villager, the guys. You know, uh, you know, broke down and because uh, he knew who it was. He mentioned the person's name and everything. It killed him because uh-huh. he was still alive. Uh-huh. Well, the guy was arrested and, you know, put in prison for murder. And and that wow. kid would have not known, you know, it's just things like that is strange, you know. And then it, what the psychiatrist told me that with mm-hmm. a lot of research. It seems it comes on when they're around four or five years old. And kind of disappears. Yeah, it's
0: fairly common, from what I understand. I, I was just watching a documentary about one of those kids that remembered all this, and they actually made contact with his with who he was in the last life, with their like living relatives and things. And you know, and and it did it. It, it passed later as he got older. But the kids are remembering. There are many instances of documented cases where kids remember the, uh, a past life, and that's fascinating to me.
2: Well, I maybe I think that's the whole point. They remember at a certain age, and then you know it kind of fades away. But you know, my daughter when she was really young, she was into watching Paul Geis and all that stuff. You know, on VH yeah. every day for months, mm-hmm. she would watch it
0: hours and hours. But then she... kids get hooked on certain films, and they do. They they just can't get enough of it. They don't get burnt out on it. They just they just you know you know whatever it is they happen to to. to to gravitate towards, and they will, they will just consume the
5: same thing end, endlessly, yeah.
2: Well, you know, I got to the point, I, without her knowing, I went in there and cut the tape, you know, inside the VHS, to, uh, you know, the case, because <laughs> she couldn't watch it anymore, I couldn't take it anymore, but you know, when I was getting it, uh, she would sit there and talk to her imaginary friend, and you know, I used to look at her like, wow, you know, she really has imagination here, but then we had like a couple cats, And it was funny because she'd be sitting there, the cats would be, you know, on the couch, you know, different couches, but they were looking at the direction she was talking, like, and they were doing expressions and and weird things, like they maybe saw something that I couldn't see, and you know, and and again when she was about eight years old, seven years old, it all of a sudden that all disappeared and went away, but it was funny, I I, you know, I never thought about it till lately. Uh, you know, yeah. I just remembered how the cats were so intense. You know, all three of them yeah. looking at the same thing. It was not there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. So maybe there is. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for a lot of that. all those stories and that, that, that experience that some, so many of them have, you know, where, where they are open and they can see that and remember past lives and things like that. And then, and then it does. It seems like, they, and then they get a little older, about seven, eight, and then it, it all kind of goes. Those those memories fade, and then they get on with the business of this life. But oh, yeah. It's fascinating how those kids. You know, they, you know I, I've heard that time and time again, and then, you know, in, in many documented cases. And you know, I, I'm, I'm. It makes me wonder why they don't talk about that more, or that why major media hasn't delved into that a, a little bit more. You know, whether to prove it or disprove it. I mean. You know, I mean, but how else would would these young kids have those memories? I mean, it's not like they can go out and research that kind of thing to that degree, and then be able to talk about it in in a way where you know um, it could lead them back to uh, another another person who's gone that that uh, that that past life, uh, and that, and that's what that's what makes I think the the concept of Reincarnation really fascinating is that um, that does seem to leave you know some residual evidence behind of oh maybe maybe it is more of a you know you go and you're back and you go and you're back you know and how much of a choice do you have in that is it some sort of cosmic cycle what is that then and what drives that what is that what's behind that and what you know uh, you know it, it, it's it's fascinating if you have an open mind. To something like that but you know it, it would be interesting to see all the data and how psychologists and others explain something like that
2: well not just that i also had a ex-detective he was retired but he was a yeah. a, a major you know i think new york uh police department he was a you know a detective that you know a homicide detective and yeah. you know then he retired and then he always wanted to get into hypnosis you know uh and and do past regressions, and, you know, because he, really, he had nothing else to do. You know, he put his 20 years in. He was young enough yet. And then he started yeah. doing that. And, you know, then I asked him when he was on the show, I said, well, did you ever go back? And when people were telling you about their past lies when you had them under, did you ever verify it? And he goes, that was the scary part that he did. And, and after he yeah. did it on several of them, he quit doing it because it was too scary. But, you know, some of these people would come up with, you know, telling their story, or well, they'd, they'd be under, but they would give their name and how they died or whatever happened, right? And who they were. He went back and he, you know, the ones he could, you know, uh, uh, was new enough to be able to, you know, go back and, and check. He said that they matched. Everything that the person was telling him matched. I mean, the people give them the address, where they lived, how long they lived, the name of Mm -hmm. relatives, all this stuff, how they died, you know, and all that stuff. And he said it was so eerie that he quit going and investigating afterwards.
0: See, I would have just kept on going, because if you've got those investigative skills, I would just keep going and write an entire book of case histories on that to the point where, you know, how's anybody, you know, going to, you know, come to another conclusion you know, I mean, you can draw whatever conclusion you want from that from that evidence. But if you have a body of evidence and case histories, you know that that you know in a great enough number where you have you know a, a, a really good sample of these experiences, I think at that point you have to look closer at it, don't you? I mean, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I can see where it would weird someone out depending, especially on what they're what they were raised on, what what kind of religious philosophies and philosophies of life and death in the hereafter they have, you know, because so many, you know, believe in the, you know, uh, you know you got one go, make the most of it, you know, <laughs> and then you're done, you know. Oh, yeah. Then depending on, on your stance on that, on, on you know, are, are, you, are you going to the good place, the bad place, or are you just turning it back to dust? I mean, you know, or, or do you get nothing more after that, you know, is that – is at the end of you in your consciousness and everything that you were, you know, I, but I think there's a lot of evidence contrary to that uh, to say that, you know, uh, you know, that this is, you know, there's more to, to see on what's what's happening here,
2: you know? Well, I should, you know, contact him because I know he was in the process of writing a book about it. So that, you know, maybe, you know, I oh, have no should. idea. I'd but
0: be i am fascinated to see. What have you done with all that? Yeah,
2: yeah. what he, he said like this one person he regressed, right? And and they got mm-hmm. murdered and, and he they described all the stuff again. It gave all the information, he checked it out, it matched. And then they he went and, and regressed them again. The information he what he could dig up matched. Then it started going back, you know, like in the sixteen hundreds and stuff, you know, over in uh, you know, Europe area. And, you know, then mm-hmm. at that point he couldn't, you know match anything but he said like the first two or three of them matched a hundred percent and you know that's where he actually got convinced that it was real he actually got into it because he thought it was fake and
0: well i think i i don't think that's necessarily a bad stance if you're going to go in there and try and disprove something as long as you are honest and fair about it then fine go in there but you know he 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 clearly was was persuaded otherwise
2: then by what he found. Oh, yeah. He was totally convinced it's real. But then, you know, after I had him on about a month lady, uh, later, I had a lady on mm-hmm. who, you know, wrote a book, and I'm not mentioning her name or anything, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. she was talking about her past lives and all this stuff. And then, oh, yeah. No, but then what happened is I caught her, and, you know, when I caught her, that was the end of the conversation. She said, "Back in 1961, she was a uh, a 911 emergency police operator."
0: They didn't have 911.
2: So I when she said that, and you know, she said mm-hmm. she uh, she was recar- and then she had a little story. Of what happened? That a woman called in; and was going to commit suicide and all that stuff. And she went and met mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, as soon as she said, and I verified it a couple of times, I said, 1961, and she goes, 1961. And then I, I, I finally said, okay, well, this conversation is pretty much over because they didn't have 911 in 1961.
0: And what was her response to that then?
2: Uh, she didn't have any heart. She couldn't even talk. After that, she was just, you know, uh, 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 uh. She realized she slipped up. And I gave her it uh, uh-huh. two or three times. Yeah. You know, to correct it, you know, I was hoping she was going to say 1971 or 1981 or 91 or something like that. No, she, it was 1961 and and she tied it in with the lady that was going to commit suicide, which actually did commit suicide. And, you know, she mentioned the date, time and month and the year of that. It was 1961 and that's when I realized this lady probably didn't do enough research and uh, you know what can I say? Maybe she believes her, you know, her stories.
0: Well, maybe yeah, I mean either that. I don't know. if She called nine one one. They they probably had suicide hotlines back and you know at that time and everything, but they certainly didn't have a nine one one system in place at that point in time.
2: Yeah, and she insisted. Know,
0: so, it, yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, she insisted it was nine one one, not just back then. You'd, you'd ha- I'll be honest with you, back then you'd call. The big letter O, and an operator would come on, and and they go, "How can I help you?" And you say, "I need the police." And then nineteen sixty one, that's what they do. They would connect you to the police.
0: Mm hmm. But well, yeah, cause at that time you would, you would just, you know, it was rotary dial phones, and you would just dial the operator and tell her what you wanted, wouldn't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah, they didn't have nineteen sixty one. They didn't have push button phones.
0: No, no, no. All that, all the, all the touch tone check came along later, didn't it?
2: That's what I like about my show, though. I mean, you know, I look at, you mm-hmm. know, I get a lot of people on that have, you know, their things to say, which are really convincing. And I believe a lot of people have been on my show. Then occasionally yeah. I get somebody that I, I know that is, you know, making stuff up. and But, you know, on the other hand, like I told you before, it's entertainment. So, you know, I let them go down a rabbit hole and, you know, and I'll be right there behind
0: Absolutely. them. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, even Houdini used to run around going, and he would go and, and use his skills as, as a magician and illusionist to go bust the, the, the fake psychic mediums of, of the day and in the age of the you know, the spiritualists and everything, because he was actually looking, like you, for the real thing. He wanted to make contact with his mother who had passed, and he was immensely angered. When he would go to these séance experiences and everything by these, you know, so-called spiritualists who are all fraudulent, and and then he so he he went on a tirade. Then he went on a mission to go bust him out, but he was actually looking for someone he couldn't bust out. He was looking for the real thing. But, but and that's what I found interesting about that because you know that's one of the first things you hear about Rudinian in his later life and everything is his is, you know, uh, going around and, and busting uh, 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 you know, fake uh, mediums and psychics and things like that. But then you find out that the real reason he was because he was so disappointed, he wasn't finding the real thing because he wanted to uh, make contact with his, his mother beyond. And in fact, for years after Houdini had died in, in 1926, his wife, Bess, uh, did seances like every year on Halloween the day he died to uh, try and make contact with him.
2: Yeah and you know I, what better day to die on is two days out of the year you know April, uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th and you know uh and then uh and then Halloween Halloween
0: yeah uh, all hallow's eve yeah you know if you if you got to go and you're you know like the uh the, the 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 biggest probably probably still you know well him and Copperfield, the best known magicians of the of the, the 20th century you know and if you're going to go out i mean how do you how do you go out in any spookier way than i'm going to check out halloween <laughs> or how about april fool's day oh yeah you know back at, you know if you're a comedian i think that's the day to go
2: yeah my my friend art bell passed away
0: on april fool's day did he really yeah i forgot cuz i i remember hearing not long ago when art passed i didn't remember that it was it was april 1st that's funny yeah, yeah. Oh, I imagine the media had a field day with that
2: now didn't they no yeah i i i, I still find it so weird you know like a month before he died <laughs> you know we were having a conversation and i wanted i, I always wanted to buy the Superstorm with him the book that him and whitney wrote you know that uh, a movie yeah. was based on and i i You know, I wanted it and I found it on eBay occasionally, but I wanted one that was like uncirculated, you know, and I was just mentioning it to him. I really, you know, should have got one, you know, back when he, you know, was offering it when he was doing his radio show back years ago, uh, you -hmm. know, before he went on Internet radio. And I, you know, that's all I said to him, you know, and then, you know, about a month later, I get the news that he passed on and that was like mm-hmm. on a Friday or whatever it was and then yeah. a, a, a Monday morning I went out to you know get my bills out of the mailbox yeah. I, that's all I get at my age is bills uh, I go out there no
0: well, you should be getting those big checks even dead Ed McMahon should be sending you a check damn it come on
2: <laughs> yeah oh yeah certainly I would, yeah $2,500 a week for life yeah I would love that one
0: that's right that but, publisher is clearing out. yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. But, you know. So what was in the mail? What, did he send you the book?
2: Oh, you know, I opened up the mailbox, and here was a package. Yeah. And I did, you know, I ripped it open, and I didn't even look who it was from. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, I get books almost every day.
0: Somebody, I would imagine people send you a lot of cool stuff, you know, books, swag, things like that. Especially if they're going to be on your show, they want to make sure you've got the book. Or, or somebody lobbying to be on the show wants to make sure you have their books. So a good yeah. idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have books uh, in the paranormal, Bigfoot, UFOs, you name it, I got it. I mean, pretty soon... I, I think got, you
0: have a great library built up, yeah.
2: Pretty soon, I will, you know, have to, you know, rent a big building uh, to create a library for all these books. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it was funny. I ripped it open, and I go, I didn't order this book, you know? And then I looked at the package, and it was from Art Bell. And he he sent it out. Wow. He sent it out just a couple of days before he died. And I I I tell you, it was really hard to do a show after that that night.
0: Yeah. Well, that had to give you well, you know emotion, tears, and goosebumps all at the same time. You know, it was you know kind of a little ooky spooky that uh, Art got of the book with that kind of timing attached to it. it was weird. But that's cool. Did he sign it for you and everything?
2: No, that that, that was the bad thing. He didn't. Uh, even... See,
0: that's the thing. I would think if he's going to go to the trouble to send the book, if I was going to send somebody something, I would sign it then too. That that <laughs> maybe that's it. maybe that's just art though. I don't know. He he seemed pretty humble about the whole thing, so yeah. I don't know. You would know better. I mean, he I loved to listen to his show and um, spend many overnights listening, you know, to the to the old uh, show and everything. When art was still on and everything. And um, he's just uh, so great to listen to. So it had to to be very cool that you guys knew each other. That's very, very very cool. Yeah,
2: you know, like I said, we weren't close friends, but we chat off and on a couple times a year. I get emails from him, you know. And and then when he uh, left his last show and let somebody else come on and and take over it, he would, you know, Mm -hmm. constantly ask me how I, I thought they were doing. And, you know, wanted my opinion, and I gave him his opinion, and then all of a sudden, that person on the radio all of a sudden started improving to in the area I was telling him it needed improvement on, so I know it was being relayed. But, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, broadcasting is funny, you know, and you know, having friends yeah. in it, too, is it's funny. Like, people think this because I do a talk show, right? I'm friends with everybody else that does talk shows. I'll be honest right. with you, I don't know how it is with what you do, but I know that uh, having actors on my show, you know, I've had had a few of them on, they, they say the same mm-hmm. thing. They really, a lot of them don't hang out with other actors because they don't want to. And the same way when I do my talk show, I mean, I've had a couple other hosts, you know, contact me i really, you know, I'm really protective in what I do and I'm not going to get, because all they're basically trying to do is figure out what you're doing and so I don't want to talk to them to let them know what, I'm, what my plans
0: are. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that, you know, in, in terms of, hang out with other industry people, I mean, you do it in the zone. The people that you're aligned with in your in, in your thinking and you, and you're not worried that they're gonna get up in your your show and your creative and stuff like that, then you're good with, you know, like minds, you know, it's great. And I think, you know, people tend to have a, a close circle of them and then know the other people, you know, in the field as well. But I, I think that I think that's true for a lot of things because, you know, I know a lot of actors, but I don't hang out with all actors. I, I know a lot of other you know, magicians and illusionists, I don't hang out with all of them a lot, you know. I've got, you know, close friends that I've known for years and years and years, and that's how we came we came to know each other. You know, uh, our friendship, you know, started years ago because of, uh, you know, performing together and everything. So, uh, but, but, you know, it doesn't mean that you know everybody in the industry, or certainly if you, you some of them you do know and definitely... <laughs> Don't necessarily want to spend a lot of uh, bonding time with them and stuff like that. So I get that, and I think that's true for a lot of different industries. I mean, there there are conventions and things for for stuff like that for a lot of for a lot of people in a lot of a lot of different you know, industries and occupations and and you know other interests and associations and stuff. But I think that's I think that's pretty true. Is that you're not always hanging around with just people. You are you know in the same Business or, or you know our or interest as you know, which I think is is a good thing anyway. I mean, a lot of my inspiration for what I do, I mean, it, it comes from outside the, the the world of magic and illusion. It, you know, it comes from so many other places. And you know, I'm I'm more of a David Bowie guy than I am a David Copperfield guy. I mean, and that's been in my bio for years. So it, it's just kind of like that.
2: Well, you have to be. You know, even like what I do. You know, I mean. Uh, I do my show my own way i don 't really listen to anybody yeah. else 's show because i don 't want to find myself all of a sudden well they 're doing this, so now I need to do that i don 't care what they mm-hmm. do. You know. I will say this when art approached me because this is my anniversary month i mean i 've been doing this yeah. now a year. I remember when I first started doing this, I had five people. I was going to quit you know I, you know I, Ooh, art no. called me and I said hey art i 've been doing this for a month." And there's like five to 15 people a night listening to my show. And he goes, give it time. And I go, yeah, but I don't want to talk to myself. I, I I like my talking like my parrot does. Then all of a sudden it started growing. But you know what I did before I got on this? I I went and listened to, and I didn't realize, because I never listened to internet radio, to Art, you know, told me I should do this. Oh, yes, yeah. And I'll, I, I typed in the word paranormal and, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and shows popped up, and I started listening to them. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't want to sound like a jackass, and maybe I am, but I listened to a lot of these shows, and it actually turned my stomach because, I hate to say it, you got people talking with a $5 microphone in their computer, right? And all of a sudden, they're a talk show host, or they're doing Facebook Live, sitting on their couch in their dirty T-shirt, Right. And and doing yeah. a paranormal show and 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 to me they're playing, they're, they're you know how can I say it? It's yeah. like you know somebody goes out and buys a digital camera, never had a camera before, and two weeks later yeah. they're doing weddings professionally. I mean, I, I you know I went to school to become a broadcaster. I mean, I worked in some of the major stations, uh, you know, uh, doing top forty and doing talk shows in my life. Yeah. I, I worked hard to get where I'm at, and then I, I I felt a lot of resentment for a lot of these people on the internet, and they don't realize they're damaging the paranormal. You know, the, as they're sitting on a kitchen table with a microphone with a bunch of friends, as people walking back and forth with a can of cores, uh, you know, drinking beer, and you know, yeah. you know, and it it, it damages the paranormal. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, well, it's a game, or it, it's uh, yeah. just they get together to have fun, and it's I just don't, I don't know. Well,
0: I, it is, and I mean, and, and having fun with it is fine. I mean, we're having fun, we have a good time, you know, chatting and talking about all this stuff. But there's a certain, I think there's a certain level of professionalism that you're right, a lot of shows lack, and that's because they don't have any any real training. Um and, and you don't always need that. I've known some actors that can go in and act with no training because they had watched enough and practiced enough and they had good instincts as an actor. But I've also seen people that didn't have training as as, as actors that they were horrible. They were terrible. They just got they, they managed to get themselves in, into a production and it uh and it wasn't good. But I, I think that's you know, because it's the same problem exists with everything. The 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 um uh, the internet's democratized everything, which is which is good. But that means the good, the bad, and the ugly all live next to each other in the same place now. I mean, you can go on and see, you know, you know, multi-million-dollar you know, Avengers movie, you know, or Star Wars or something, right next to like the most ultra low indie budget horror film or something. Like even on Amazon, where you can you can add your own movie on there. And, you know, if you took uh, some care and time in your story and your casting, and, and even if you didn't have any more than $10,000 to make your indie feature or short, you know, it can still be good and, and really interesting. But, but there's also, uh, you know, a bar that, 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 you know, a lot of, of these things whether it's a show or a film or anything is far below that kind of professionalism. And you're just looking at it going, well, you know, it's not certainly not as good as all that other stuff sitting next to it on the same internet shelf, let's say, you know, and in the same neighborhood, you can go out there and, you know, Google podcasts and things all day. And there's a huge variance in the quality of all of those things, you know? Um, And that's, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere you would hope that somebody had done enough research and, and listened to enough, you know, if you're in, in radio, in the radio sphere, um, you want to listen to other, other, you know, professional radio shows and, and good podcasts and everything. And, and then be able to, you know, have a, a bar you want to hit going, well, this is what I need to make my show look good. You know, and if somebody wants to do something ultra casual, well, that's fine, but, you know, it's still got to have some structure to it. You still have to be able to talk to people and conduct an interview and not sound like some schmo sitting at home sipping a drink in a T-shirt somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and if it's just, you know, if it's just radio. I mean, the video, the live streams are one thing that you're talking about. But you're right. It, it brings the bar way down, and at that, then at that point, I mean, if you are doing something so ultra-casual, your, your demeanor on air and your content and your guests better be, you know, amazing. Otherwise that format's not gonna hold up over time because you're just, like you say, they're bringing things down. But um but because of the, the world of the internet, we are it, it's all out there next to each other. All, all all of it, everything exists. We can I can go out there and put Dark Realm right up next to the Avengers. Now yeah. the budget's not the same. You know, I don't have a bad movie, but I don't have you know, a, you know, A list stars and, and um, you know uh, an effects budget that was more than you know for, for one scene, which is <laughs> more than my whole movie. You know, um, but that being said, I made a good movie. You know, and there's other things that you know where where people did not take care in. You know, um, that that they were uh, making a good movie. Like some people don't, you know, they don't know what the bar is, and, and maybe don't care. On the podcast, there's platforms out there, and there's a place to go and talk to people, and they felt like they're throwing their hat in the ring on that stuff. So, I mean, I I'm like you. I I, I wonder why people want to make something that is clearly. Not you know that like there's no 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 high marker on that no low marker no no marker at all. I mean you're looking at it going well this is really really amateur and and you almost wish somebody would put a you know some sort of a of a of a label on it saying oh no this is amateur stuff to worry about. But everybody just markets themselves as 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 a radio show or a podcast or whatever, and with all of the other radio show and podcasts that are out there. So you know I think. The good and the bad thing, again, because of the democratization of it, we get to go in there and determine that for ourselves. But, you know, I, I think clearly having some training and background in, in what we do is a good thing. And if you're out there and, in, 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 you know, and thinking about doing something like that, don't be discouraged. Just you know, go out there and do your research and do some work, work on another show, work on another movie, work on another podcast, listen to uh, listen and consume that content so you know what it is and you know what the high bar is. You know what a, a good show is, What a, you know, what would be a good movie for you, what would be a good podcast for you, a good radio show, and just learn what that is. And I think that the, the people, they're jumping right in and you know but but they're not you know you don't see a lot of improvement because it doesn't seem to me like a lot of people are are, are incredibly interested in in raising the bar for themselves and getting that production value that makes it a uh, a uh, uh, you know gives it uh, makes it palatable, makes it good for the audience, you know, gives it a more high-end quality. And I don't care what you spend on it. You can beg, borrow, and steal and get stuff in your movie, get stuff for your radio show and get, get decent guests as you go out and hustle. But I, I think, like you, I think people should invest in wanting it to be better. Don't you?
2: Yeah, I do. And, you know, the main thing I have is, like, every time I have a guest, it, it wrote a book. I'll read at least three yeah. fourths of the book. I'll read the beginning. I'll read a little bit in the middle, and I'll read the end. In that way, I can interview them and ask logical questions. And rather than sit there and and sound like an idiot, you know, which you know that yeah, I just that's what amazes me with people. I'm not saying I'm against people doing, you know, podcasts or doing shows. I just feel that, like I mentioned before, when I used to work as a general manager of a couple of professional camera stores at one point in my life, people would come in, uh, women and guys would come in and knew nothing about photography. Nothing. They buy a, a camera for a couple hundred bucks, a digital camera back then. And then two weeks later, they're coming in and they're saying, well, you know, I, I got a couple of weddings booked. I'm charging this amount of money and I'm going, wow, you know, besides, you know, I got into CB radio when I was 10 years old. My dad bought me a CB radio and then that oh. got me really intrigued. by by the time I was 12, I, I had my amateur license. And then after oh, I got yeah. out of the military and got rid of my first wife, I went to broadcast training and started my career yeah. in, in radio, and I worked hard for it. And it just mm-hmm. astounds me because, you know, I believe in being professional just like you do. And yeah. it, and what, yeah. what scares me is when you get people on that don't know what they're really talking about in the paranormal, it, it, it does damage. And you know what I, I found? You know, Art Bell did a lot for the paranormal. If If it wasn't for him. Yeah. You know, getting into the paranormal. If John Lear didn't one day come into the radio station in Las Vegas and sit down, and, and, and Art was saying, what Art told me this story is, he was really getting tired yeah. of talking political every night. And, yeah. and John Lear said, Well, you know what? You need to talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and stuff like that. And that's what yeah. got Art Bell into the paranormal. And it hit. And people like talking about it. You know, on my show, I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. I, I at the beginning, I didn't know what direction to go because I was out of radio for 10 years before I got back into it. And right. and I was nobody, you know? I was nobody because I was out of it for a while. And getting guests was really yeah, you
0: hard. You come back and build your new show and your format and then build an audience. Bring, you know, bring everybody in and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Come and, and listen. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard when you're building it from the ground up again. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it seemed like every night for the first couple of months I had every mystic in the, this country on my show, you know, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, their books. And it was no problem. But then, you know, people, you know, didn't, it, it wasn't growing and then i started you know talking about ufos and bigfoot right now ufos is like the hottest thing again it died for a while now it's like really hot
0: a lot of topics are very cyclical don't you think i mean they they, they go through cycles and i mean that might be depending on what's going on in the zeitgeist anyway it, it, it does it, it you know it, it has its it 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 it's ebb and flow it's highs and lows even the magic industry it's like sometimes it's all over television all the time and then at other times it gets, it gets kind of played out and then it gets quiet again for a while but you know it is interesting that you'll see different topics you know like that like the UFOs and, and all that's very hot and I think that might also you know feed off of where our technology is now and everything but I mean we've had a fascination of that ever since really Roswell you know oh, yeah. it, it, it's pretty amazing that, that that has always been somewhere in in the public, you know, eye.
2: Well, you know, but the thing is, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, I, I yeah. stumbled like at one of these horror movie things on Facebook. Yeah. So I joined it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, people, you know, started checking me out. And they go, oh, you do a talk show. I started finding out yeah. I had a lot of people that got into it really fast, because they're in horror yeah. flicks and stuff like that. Then the first thing that you know, they're into the paranormal also. And it, it just... It,
0: it's all kind of associated now. You're right. No, there's a huge crossover between there's a lot of conventions that do, you know, uh, horror and paranormal side by side. And you've got guests from, from, from films and things like that, you know, sitting right next to, you know, uh, ghost hunters and, and everything. So, it, yeah, it, it's interesting, the the, the the kind of the change in scenery that's out there. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah,
2: and 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 it's now, it's like I'm, a lot of emails I'm getting from people are from those groups, and I mean, I've got, well, this week alone, a couple hundred uh, messages already from all these different, yeah. uh, you know, uh, sci-fi groups, horror movie groups, and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it, it shocked me, and I should have done this a long time ago, and if you hear a dog barking in the background, I apologize, folks, but, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, how can I say? I mean, uh, it, everything in like horror and uh, paranormal all tie together. And uh, mm-hmm. there's, I didn't realize there was that many people into watching horror movies like I did. I didn't even know that there was people that collect all these masks and 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 all these, you know, uh, oh yeah, all that. It, it's huge.
0: Yeah, the memorabilia is really big out there. You know, there's a there's a lot of that out there. There's entire groups and pages devoted to uh, memorabilia sales, from you know actual movie props and things like that. And that's something else everybody needs to verify too, and make sure it's actually what they say they're selling you, not just not just a replica. But there there are dealers out there, and they have pages and everything. There's a lot of collectors, and there's a lot of cool stuff out there and um the groups are a way to go i would imagine once you started to get in touch with everybody then they all wanted to come and listen to the show because of your you know your, your great subject matter
2: well you know as it's just like with you i mean like i said when i went on all these groups all of a sudden there's you there's you know and and you mm-hmm. know and yeah. when i i actually got some messages here tonight you know because i posted it earlier today you're going to be on the show and it was a huge response from a lot of these guys from these different groups, where, you know, and ladies. Oh, excellent. Actually, more ladies and guys, I'll be honest with you. But they they oh, they, they said, that, I can't wait.
0: Good to. to know. Thank you. Yeah,
2: they, they <laughs> couldn't wait for you to, you know, to be on, you know, and then. You know, uh, I don't know how many, you know, my fingers are still sore, you know, because I have arthritis in my fingers. And I'm sitting here typing and say, oh, yeah, he's going to be on and, you know, and all that stuff. And then I told him a couple links where they can go listen to some of your previous show uh, shows when you were on. So, I mean, you you do have a huge following out there.
0: They, they are out there. It, 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 it's built pretty well on, on Facebook and it stretches over, you know, across some of the other platforms as well. Um, but yeah, well, thank you to everybody out there listening to us tonight. Thanks for, for joining us and, you know, and, and responding and, and, uh, messaging Gary about that. So that's very exciting. That's, it's good to know. It's good to know. I've been at this for a while, so. It's nice to know that people are paying attention. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe John. somebody else me he'd been watching me for quite a while. I said, don't think I'm not watching because I am. I mean, because he doesn't he doesn't message and it's not somebody that that stops and, and likes all all of the the posts and everything like that because they're busy too. And I know a lot of people I know are, are busy other industry people and stuff and and just people you know busy with their lives and they're watching. They are paying attention even though everybody's not always you know completely engaged on. On all the, the the stuff I'm posting and sharing and, and and that, so it's good to know they're out there listening and watching and everything. So that's that's good. That's good for both of us. I like that. You said you have big Thursday nights and everything, and and that's awesome. And I'm glad uh, that we've got that uh, big UK following. You know that you do as well, and that they're listening tonight. So, well, that, to everyone don't... in the UK, tell someone to book me over there. Get my get my ass over there. Well, don't forget. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to get back to a show. Yeah,
2: there is. A, you know, I'll. You know, I'll look up their names and I'll send them over to you. But I actually, I have a couple big uh, directors uh, from Hollywood that that listen to the show and a couple producers. Uh, One of them is noted for doing horror movies, you know, uh, high-budget ones that... uh, That
0: and in my IMDb, some of my website, yeah, <laughs> it's mean,
2: <laughs> Yeah, a couple of them actually been on, but one of them actually has called me up several times on the phone, talking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it's just like wow, these people. I didn't even realize it. And then when I had John get a hold of me, and then he tells me that his good friend Michael listens to my show. I mean, yes. it just kind of shocked me. I, you know, I just thought it was this everybody, you know, locally listening. But then to find out you have some, you know, named uh, people listening to the show, it kind of shocked me.
0: Well, I'm sure you have even more that you don't know out there that are listening that are just fascinated by the subject matter and stuff as the show grows. You know, there's a lot of people out in the audience, you know, and that's the interesting thing to know that there are people out there that that even though they aren't engaging with you yet, they're they're out there and they're listening and everything. So, yeah, you need to um, invite them onto the show, you know, anybody out there that, Wants to talk about horror, or if they have, you know, like I say, if they have their own kind uh, of paranormal or, or supernatural experience, or, or, or something with that, or they're doing a project about that. They should, uh, you should come on and join Gary on the show because it's uh it's a good time.
2: Like yeah. you
0: say, you're a pro, damn it, so <laughs> you well, know what you're doing.
2: Well, I'll tell you, the night I get Michael on, I'm going to ask him a lot of, you know, I, especially the movie when the, he made it with uh, Tesla, uh, you know, uh, as his assistant and all that stuff. i got to ask him all these questions, you know. Yes. You know I mean, with his uh, background for all those years and still making movies, you know. Uh,
0: so many fascinating films. Yeah, you have to ask him about The Prestige.
2: I don't even remember that one at all.
0: It's the it's the one about the two. Again, <laughs> yeah, it gets into my world. It's, it's the two uh, rival illusionist magicians, um, and, and and one of them winds up going to, to Tesla. You know, and he, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. you know yeah. Michael Michael Caine plays the, the consultant to, to one of the illusionists, and um, oh, yeah, and uh, I David Bowie's up, yeah. in it as well. He plays Tesla in the film.
5: Oh wow. Hmm
0: we have never seen
2: it, I highly recommend um, The Prestige. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's oh, made yeah. everything from spy movies to war movies, you know, uh, from World War II type series. And I mean, you know, even one of the Jaws. I mean, the guy is, you know, famous yeah. for, you know. Yeah. And then I got a young person one day. He said, well, who is he? And I said, haven't you ever seen him on, in any movies? No. That's the trouble with young people. They don't, I don't know.
0: They they know they know the young sexy actors, but they don't know they don't know the actors that have been around for a while. Even though they're in uh, movies, they, they guarantee guaranteed that they have seen Michael Caine in some of these films because you know I mean you know he's even in you know the the, the Dark Knight series, the Batman movies. You know he plays Alfred in those movies, so people have seen him. But they don't know him by name, though. The, the you know some of the younger uh, people, unless they're. You know, into acting, then they know who the other, you know, the players are. You know, the, all the actors. But I think, I think a lot of the um, the younger crowd that's just following the, you know, the it actor, you know, or their their favorite younger actors and stuff, aren't going to know everybody else in those movies. But guaranteed, they've seen Michael Caine and seen his awesome work on that screen. You know.
2: No, the, the thing is, you know, a lot of the young actors are actors today and uh, two weeks or it seems like two weeks later, they're working for a pizza shop, you know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> a lot of... No, it's, a so, gig. <laughs> it, it's not rough yeah. It's not like the actors of the, yesterday. Basically, they, they've been around for 40, 50 years making movies and making high-budget movies, you know. And, uh, yeah. and then you get these other, I hate to say it, other actors, you know, that uh, maybe are in three or four movies their whole life, and pretty much that's it.
0: Well, it's a whole different ballgame out there. I mean, you used to see actors in there, you know, again and again and again because of the studio system that Hollywood had, where you would go and be an actor and then, you know, the studio would go and, and you know, did you all your press, they would, you know, pay a salary, and then they would tell you what movies you're going to do, and they would cash you in all these movies, if, you know? And if you were, the, you know, if you then caught on, you got even more movies. But, uh, you know, once the studio system was done and gone by the 70s, everything started to change. And that's when you got new filmmakers in, like, you know, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and Francis Ford Coppola and others all came in in that kind of wild, wild west of the 70s. And that, that's a pretty cool era for some great, greedy, groundbreaking new films. Um, people were willing to take a risk again, and the studio system was gone, and it was before everything got started to get gobbled up by giant corporations, you know, starting in the 80s, which changed the face of it again, Um, And now, and now the the the, you know the the whole you know uh, the cinema world is changing even more now by all of the changes in the new delivery system of the internet. So it it still continues to to change as well, and that and that has made it kind of a moving target for somebody who wants to be an actor now and get in. You know, you you, because you don't necessarily have to be and live in Hollywood or New York to be, uh, you know, a, a mover and shaker actor. I mean, you know, at least for a while maybe you need to do to get to get established. But beyond that, you know, there are so many people that then go and get in and then move out of L.A. and out of Hollywood um, and uh, live where they want because now auditions are via Skype or you, you do a self-tape audition and then you record it and send it in. And that could be here. I mean, I, I've done auditions for Hollywood films from, from right here in my home. And I, you know, shot them here and then sent them off so it, uh it's a whole new ball game now because of the of the technology and the and the way you can work and um it it makes it um there's more opportunities but it also makes it more challenging because you have to know where to focus and what you're doing, and um, you know, and, and, and get training and and get yourself cast and seen. So you know, then you have you know work that hopefully other people are seeing, or you can then cut into your reel and then show to you know new perspective casting you know agents and directors and things like that. So it it, it, it it's, it's just a you know it's always been kind of a tough gig, but I mean you know that's why you saw those actors again and again and again in all those big movies in the past because they were in the studio system, and that has its ups and downs. Because you know, you know, there wasn't anybody making twenty million dollars a, a film for being a you know their lead actor or actress either. So it is a whole different world out there for the actor now. Oh which, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, well, I mean that's good and bad. Well, everything's got its upside and its downside.
2: You know, when I was a young kid, I my dad served with you know when he was getting discharged. The last couple of months he was in the military. You know, he served World War Two mm-hmm. and then he did Korea. He well, became yeah. really good friends with a a guy named James Gardner, uh which actually was oh, James. Yeah. It, James and his last name started with a B, uh and and uh and I don't want to give his last name out. But uh
0: Understood, yeah.
2: Yeah, but you know, my dad knew him and when I was a kid, th- this guy would come up to my house from California, and my dad would say, Oh, my friend from California is coming up. I didn't know who he was. You know mm-hmm. and, and you know, and this went on to I got older, and then I started watching a TV show uh called Maverick mm-hmm. and then i i I realized who my dad's friend was, and yeah and you know it, it it's really cool because when I got older, you know, knowing him mm-hmm. you know uh he was really a cool guy. I used to call him when uh, occasionally when he was out you know uh doing his TV show Rockford Files. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I, I, talking to him one time when he was up visiting my dad, I said, you know, the, I said, do you know Ronald Reagan? Uh, this is when uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, was our president. And uh, and, yeah. and he goes, Ladies, oh, yeah. yeah, he goes, he's a good friend of mine. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, back then, Ronald Reagan once a month used to have a radio show for an hour long where, for young people could ask, you know, the president questions. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I got a phone call and I, I you know, the, the lady identified herself from the White House and I'm going, oh, this is a good put on. Well, it was, <laughs> it, yeah, it was Ronald Reagan. So I talked, wow. you know, here I was, I can't I even remember how old I was, but I, I think I was like 15 or 16. And here I am talking to the president, you know, and he's asking me questions and we're talking and, you know, it was on national radio, which really got me, like I said, I was getting the bug for radio, you know, besides amateur radio, I was mm-hmm. getting the bug in my mind. I want to be a DJ, you know, and uh, in fact, he even told me on national radio, He, you know, before he got into uh, movies, he was a DJ and all that stuff, too. And we were talking uh-huh. and then, you know, about maybe a week later I get a phone call from the white house and here's Ronald Reagan calling me up and we're just ta- talking to me like he knew me, you know, and that went on know, cool. a couple times and you know, and that's all thanks to my dad's friend, but you know, it, it just, yeah. it, you know, it made me realize that, you know, even the important people are, are people.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's very cool. You should have you should have got, got him to uh, agree to an interview and do <laughs> on a show right then and there. Yeah.
2: Well, he did one thing. We were talking about Star Wars, you know, like, you know, that he wanted, yeah. you know, get all these, you know, weapons up in space, you know, uh, yeah. to protect us, you know, uh, in case we were attacked. And, we we're, mm-hmm. you know, he was just talking about it and he kept using the word, you know, them. And I said, you mean Russia? He goes, no, them. I go. Uh, what other country is that? He goes. No, them out there. Really? Yeah.
0: And that's fascinating. Did he? Did he elaborate any more on
2: that? Yeah. Basically, alien type of thing out there. You know, that's right. That, right. Yeah, that was yeah. his concern. It was to protect Earth against you know a shield. Uh, you know, to protect Earth against them. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and then you know I. You mentioned that uh, maybe a week or two later, I called up James Gardner, and um, uh, we were talking, and I mentioned what he said. And he goes, well, him and Nancy are really into the occult. I didn't even know that.
0: They're famously, Nancy consulted uh, an, um, an astrologer before they made certain moves on on things, policy and and personal things as well.
2: Oh yeah, even political. You know, when he was the president.
0: And we really, yeah, definitely you political policy, and then and then um, uh, their personal stuff. Yeah, so it's really fascinating. But that was, yeah, that was that's always been pretty well known that, that Nancy liked to uh, consult uh, an astrologer. That's been talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that is that's interesting how much they were into that. I didn't know that that was part of his uh, idea of the Star Wars defense at the time. Oh yeah, that so was was not not necessarily you know terrestrial but extraterrestrial defense that's really interesting but i i could see that too it's like there's so many of the you know the astronauts and the and the even the shuttle astronauts and everything have all talked about things they've seen out there well you, you know, know even well in
2: space. buzz you know aldrin uh when they, mm-hmm. he was on the moon you know he didn't even yeah. admit to it to you know his later years he started saying that when he stepped out uh, out of the uh uh you know the shuttle or what not shuttle but out of the uh uh lander uh and yeah. he he said that uh he saw ufo's huge bigger than anything he's ever seen before you know just on oh, the wow. other side of the uh, whatever that was and uh, they mm-hmm. were you know uh he said that they they were told never go back to the moon uh, but, you know, while he was saying all this stuff, I guess that uh, he was broadcasting it back to NASA or the Cape or whatever it was. And they kept telling him to go to a medical channel, you know, because they knew that the, that signal could be intercepted by, you know, amateur radio operators and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, you know, I I don't know. There's so many things out there that, honestly, uh, Ron, it's it really, you know, it could... You could write a book on all that, just right there, of all this, the scary things.
0: That's pretty fascinating. Did, now, did he ever say anything more about why they were trying to, you know, tell him not to come back to the moon at all? Is it, you know, was it was it no, that, because... No, uh,
2: all he said is that, that we were instructed never to go back to the moon, and then all of a sudden we hmm. never went back to the moon.
0: Yes. Yeah. And did, did any of the other missions, you know, have an experience you know, like that later.
2: Well, I know some of the other astronauts, you know, that, uh, you know, when they uh, were circling the moon and stuff, they said that they saw UFOs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, again, you have to understand, we kind of debunked it, uh, the government, you know, well, there's no such Mm -hmm. thing as UFOs, but, you know. Why would we be sending people to the moon and want to send people to Mars and and look for, you know, previous life if we didn't realize that there's something out there somewhere?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there is always exploration and, and everything else, but yes, it does make you wonder. I mean, I mean, that's and that's been a, a conspiracy theory going on for decades upon decades. It, it, well, I guess, again, since Roswell or so, maybe even before that, but. About you know what the government knows or doesn't actually know, um, what they you know more to the point, what do they know about uh, you know uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials and, and and all of that subject and you know because then they'll even you know things will wind up declassified later and then the entire entire page upon page upon page of things are then blacked out you know for security but it's like you know it, it, it you know it does make you wonder you know what are they not sharing with everyone? You know, I don't know.
2: I, I've been really confused since about November. Now that the, the leakage that came out with the video of the two Mm -hmm. uh, Navy pilots, you know, off the aircraft carrier, Uh, chasing a ufo Mm -hmm. and not even being able to catch it or anything and and it doing all its weird things okay now that was like four and a half years ago but it it started circulating all of a sudden on the internet and on the news november of last year Uh, and Mm -hmm. then a couple months later the secretary of the air force right for the graduating cadets tells them that hey You know, that don't worry, there won't be another world war on the ground. The next world war won't be a world war. It'll be a war out in space. Now, you have the Secretary of the Air Force saying that, which I thought was kind of weird. And then Mm -hmm. two months later, our president jokes around and says, you know, maybe we got to create a space force. Then two and a half months later, he directs him and the, you know, the vice president direct the Pentagon to go out and, you know, start the creation of, a you know, of uh, what it would take to do, create a space force. And then he, he kind of used the words, you know, to, you know, protect us, you know, from them out there. So I, I it's, it's, it's kind of a lot of weird things that's been transpiring in the past year.
0: Well, Politically, since 2016, up
4: that
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. Politics has been kind of turned on its side. So yeah, that, I, I, that got my attention too. When you were talking about Reagan earlier and, and Star Wars and everything, and I, that's the first thing I thought was like, oh, well, that's kind of back in the news right now because uh,
4: uh,
0: Trump had uh, mentioned that, you know, doing you know, wanting to form a space force.
2: Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe next year or something, we might have neighbors that kind of have pointed ears. I don't know.
0: Well, you know,
2: hey, they could make great, great lovers.
0: Well, you know, yeah. I mean, that's 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 kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, hmm, yeah, that could be interesting. You know, a little. Uh, yeah. you'll have the extra terrestrial uh tinder site go up <laughs>
2: oh yeah something i don't know we're getting down the last little bit there in fact actually i just looked at the clock and we went over but uh i own the network so i can get away with that um now uh
0: that's an awesome thing yes
2: now on some of the movies you want to tell the people where they can actually see some of your older movies and and list them and and, and all that stuff and Let's promote, let's promote
0: yeah. you. Uh, it's, uh, we'll do a little promotion here. Yeah, well, it check out, uh, you can get a copy of Dark Realm, get the DVD, it's, it's loaded with extras, got great music, you'll love it. Um, I'll even sign it for you. Uh, you can get that at my website, it's geraldrealm.com. There's other cool things in the store there, but you can get your copy of, of, of Dark Realm there along with the, the T-shirt and all that fun stuff. And, um, and please, while you're there, uh, sign up on my email list at FitzgeraldRealm.com and you'll get notifications on um, what's coming up movie-wise and, and other special offers and shows and things like that. So please feel free to go sign up on my email list. And um, yeah, so you can see Dark Realm right there right now. We're we're making we're changing up the distribution right now, so it's actually not streaming on Amazon at the moment. Um, it will return to Amazon soon. So right now, the only way to see it is uh, go grab the DVD. And we're making other changes. We're 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 working on other platforms that it's um, and. I'm in a place in, in uh, the negotiations where I can't say where it's going next quite yet. But believe me, I will come back and and share that with you and and, and your listeners um, when I when I do because I'll have news on that very 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 soon. So uh, so so we're changing up the, the you know the, the you know new places where you can go and find and see uh, Dark Realm very very soon. And uh in the meantime you can also uh I'm trying to think of what I, is out what else is out there streaming right now. You can see Arkham Sanitarium Soul Eater. It's part of Amazon Prime, so if you have Prime you can watch that for free. Um uh by uh director uh Julian Grant and that I have a, a smaller role in that, but it's a fun film. It it uh it kind of it's got an H P Lovecraft theme and it it uh kind of uh is a parody of the sound footage genre. Kind of uh, movies, so you like it. It's 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 funny. It's funny and it's creepy and it's scary. And um, that is on Amazon. It's called Arkham Sanitarium Soul Eater, and that's on Amazon Prime Video. Um, you can. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Magus was streaming on there, but I don't know that it is currently. Uh, you can still find Magus on DVD via. Um, uh, go to Amazon. Amazon's got it. Uh, there's actually a an, um, a Magus. Uh, has its own page on Facebook, and you can find a link, I believe, to the um, to the DVD on Amazon, on uh, the Magus page on Facebook. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of them out there. If you want to see what else I'm, I'm doing, I've got a new one coming out soon. It's in post-production called The Devil Frame, uh, written and directed by uh, Rob Sepulveda, who uh, I did um, Year of the Ox with. Who is, that's a short film that you can actually see that's on YouTube. If you want to see, it's just a, like a 10 minute short we did together. We're making a, this is a feature film and it's about, uh, the devil frame is about, um, the ritual magic set in the world and then the high end art world. So it's really interesting. It, it's, it's magic and it's surreal and it's you know like ritual magic and, and voodoo and voodoo and, uh, and then, uh, it, uh it's a it's a good ride. It's very fun and then that's set in the in the world of, of art. So it it's interesting to see how, how art and the supernatural then kind of collide into this uh supernatural tale. And it, it's kind of inspired by the old uh occult supernatural films uh, of like the 70s and 80s and things like that when they made some that's at the 70s really made some good like great like erotic uh, occult films at that time which I really liked. and this definitely has you know some of an erotic edge to it as well so if you're up for that kind of ride you'll be you know uh, go find the page uh, out there on, on um uh, I think there's a website and then there's also a page on on Facebook for the Devil Frame and I believe that you can find the trailer to the Devil Frame on YouTube Oh, wow. So that that's the next one coming up, and then and then the other ones. Go to my IMDb. You can find me on IMDb, and, and you can just go through the list and see. You can search and see what's streaming and what's not at this point. Um, at one point, uh, Blood Gnome, I have a smaller role in that. Uh, Blood Gnome was streaming on uh, Netflix, but I don't know that it is currently. I, I, I haven't uh, I haven't checked recently. So it, it's hard, you know. If there's enough things out there. You should be able to find something, or you know, if you don't find it streaming, because everybody wants to watch it streaming. We all do. We all want to watch everything streaming. Uh, but if you can't, I know you can find um, the uh, find the movies on disc out there as well.
2: Now, what are you doing now for Halloween? Uh, you got a performance or something going on Halloween? Where oh, are you going to be? It, at? There's
0: several things coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll be at the Davis Theater on on the. Fourth, um, they're doing a, a great production. They're doing the horror films and some burlesque and other performance there. I'll be part of that. Now, that's in Chicago.
2: Chicago, okay.
0: Yeah, that's in Chicago. And also in the Chicagoland, actually, at, uh, in, in Wheaton, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. On October Saturday, October 20th, I'll be performing at a big show, and I'll be a guest all day. It is the Haunted Halloween Flea Market, at, uh, and that is in Wheaton, Illinois, Okay, so and if you, you live on that, there's a link to the there the events uh, up on there, and you can find uh, you can find information on that on uh, Facebook. Um, it's all over there and, and other places. It'll, it'll be up on the website and everything soon as well. And then uh, it looks like the last weekend I am going to be um, at the Vampire Ball, the Endless Night Vampire Ball in New Orleans, Louisiana. So down to NOLA for... Uh, for some vampire fun, so if you're in New Orleans, uh, you can catch me at the Vampire Ball that last weekend. Yeah,
2: boy, I've seen a, a picture. I haven't seen a picture with you with fangs, and I, you you could do a good vampire.
0: I've done, I, yeah. You know that's the thing. I've done several vampire films. Um, none of them, not a lot of them, made it out to market. Sadly, you know, so sort of where people can find them. You know, one one was a short which actually won uh, a prize for the director, but he hasn't put it up anywhere else where you can stream it. I was surprised it didn't wind up on, you know, e- even as a as a short example of his work uh, on YouTube or something. It's uh, it, 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 uh and so that wasn't out, and then he did something called Afraid of Sunrise and a few others. I actually played Dracula in a film, and uh, you know that's out there somewhere too. But that that unfortunately did not how <laughs> how anybody hoped it would it uh it's uh you know I I, I I can't really recommend that one. okay <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah i i love the empire movies and i'm i I'm several of them but i i'm you know i'd love to do my own in fact i've got a great series of, of photos i did with um uh with dark art photographer uh Jim Sortley here in Chicago and we've done like a whole Nosferatu series and there's a lot of Nosferatu photos and um you can see some of those on my on my site and on the website and everything. And um everybody thinks they're they're so good, everybody thinks they're movie stills. And so I've been thinking about doing my own Nosferatu movie. I I'm I'm writing it now and and this was before um it, it was announced that um the director of the witch Robert eggers is doing uh his Notu movie which i believe is shooting right now and doug Jones is playing Nostratu in that and that that will be pretty cool because doug jones is is amazing if you saw uh shape of water, he plays the monster in that and he's he play, he's played a lot of things you've seen doug a lot whether you've known him or not he's in he's uh in the um uh the hellboy movies and, and a bunch of other cool things. So, Doug Jones is going to play Nostradamus, but I I am I'm, I'm working on my own Nostradamus project, you know, and that's very preliminary, but um but I'm writing it and then um uh and then we're, there's there's talks of other vampire movies because I I get good vampires. So, <laughs> I'd like to do some more some more vampire work. It was it's actually a good vampire movie that actually gets out, you know, uh, into the market where people can can see it, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so so yeah, I'm working on because I, I love the vampire flicks and stuff. But it's like some of the smaller projects wanted to you know, one of them wanted to reshoot and do uh, a you know a longer version, a, a full feature version. Even though it was it's just about feature length as it was, it was about an hour long, and that played film festivals and everything. And then sadly didn't go anywhere beyond that. And and that uh, that was a good movie called uh, uh, Afraid of Sunrise. And and there were a few others, but like I say, it's uh, nothing that has you know, you know, uh, made a big impression. Where, where you know it's out there in the market, and I could you know send you to it. But but there is a lot of vampire stuff. There's, I've done a lot of vampire work in my show, and and in, in other things. So uh, hopefully soon you'll begin seeing a good vampire film, one way or the other. I, that that might be one of the next projects I do, actually.
2: Well, Ron, our time is pretty much up now. Hint, hint. I would certainly like an eight by ten signed autograph photo of you from in my studio, but that—that's just a little slight hint. But
0: uh, you know, what can you I work say? For the asking, my friend, I can make that happen for you. <laughs> You're and, talking and, to the right guy. And and yeah.
2: starting here shortly, we're going to do on Fridays for a Scary Night. We're going to start doing Facebook Live, at the you know, at the same time as we're broadcasting. So, I mean, that picture awesome. could you know stand out there too. Anyway, Ron Fitzgerald, it's been great having you on there. Even if we lost you about four or five times on the phone, you know, it was Oh,
0: it was a, a hellish technical night, but at least it held up once I uh <laughs> so I did a little technical swap on the battery, so that's good.
2: Well, I'm glad it was your side. Apologies. I I thought it was because I was talking about MasterCard, and then I started talking about Google, and and then Microsoft, so any one of those could have had me disconnected, so, you know, what can I say?
0: (laughs) You never know. You never know. That's our our very own conspiracy theory that we can explore on the show next time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could. Well, mm-hmm.
2: you know, again, maybe in about a month and a half, we'll get you try to get you back on. You know, I know you're a busy person, and I want to thank you for taking the time to come on my small show.
0: Well, Gary, thank you. I love you're awesome. I, I love hanging with you, and because it's so relaxed and it's very fun, and I love the show. And thanks to everybody who tuned in to listen to us. You know, um, always a good time. Keep listening to the show and Gary and all the great guests he has on here. And, you know, follow me at FitzgeraldRome.com and, and find me on, on social. And, uh, and, Gary, thank you again so much for having me back. We, we, will, we will definitely do this again uh, as soon as we can.
2: Yeah. One thing I like doing when I talk to you, I feel like you're sitting in the same room with me, you know, we're like sipping on a beer or in my case, downing Mm -hmm. a beer and just talking, you know, and that's what I like about uh, the way, you know, the show goes. I mean, it's very relaxed and that, that it's that's what brings out a lot of information, too.
0: It is. It's what's fun. It, it, it's re, it's super relaxed, and it's like we both know enough weird where we can just drive the show in all kinds of directions, and I like that so much. I can't tell you how much fun that is. Well, in
2: real life, I mean, when you talk to people, subjects go all different mm-hmm. directions. I can't, I can't, I can't, Absolutely. I, I. you know, I think a show would be boring if I just sat there and talked for an hour and a half about, you know, the, um, uh, uh, cough and you know cremation thing for an hour and a half it would well, get boring
0: exactly yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, we, we go back and we touch on the movies and stuff. I'm doing a, a lot, and thank you for that, you know, because it's part of my job to be here to tell everybody what I'm doing. But I love to just go and explore all of the dark mystery that's you know, your show is about and that I love. It's inspiration for what I do. And the movies that I'm in are all about that subject matter as well. So I'd I love to be able to sit with anybody, you know, especially you. You have such a, you know, a, a vast knowledge of all this and no matter where we go we can talk in depth about all of these these uh, topics with you know whether it's you know the supernatural the paranormal the occult uh, horror films you know uh, the the arranged thing. and you know even when we delve into <laughs> technology and politics and everything it's all there together and that's great fun and hot so, chicks
2: you. and hot chicks
0: and hot, 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 lovely it, women. Yes, yes. It, being cremated,
2: yes, yes. being cremated in a coffin, guys. You got to see that. You got to buy Dark Realm. I mean, I, I, some of the stuff he does. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to have nightmares. But it's definitely worth uh, getting. Hey, Ron, you have a great weekend It's coming up.
0: Thank you, Gary. You, too. Enjoy. Enjoy your your spooky show tomorrow, Friday night, and uh, we'll talk again soon, my friend. Thank you. Okay.
2: You you take care, my friend.
0: Nice. You, too. Thanks. Nice. Hello.
2: Well, what can I say? Uh, Don't forget, tomorrow, uh, you know, we're going to have a ghost hunting group on, and we're going to be talking about what it's like to be a ghost hunter, what type of equipment you need, and what type of creepy things they have found in the paranormal. Now that is tomorrow, and then, and then at 9.30, the last half an hour, well, you want a chance to win a gift? Come up with a scary, scary Halloween-type story. You know, I'm not talking about your ex-wife or your current wife. I'm talking something scary, you know, Bigfoot, Mothman, Shadow People. Is it true you don't want to lean over your bed at night because you're scared something will pull you under the bed and suck you into darkness? Well, you know, come up with a great story. That's tomorrow from 9:30 to 10. You can call 12532036695. That's 12532036695. Tell your friends about Night Dreams Talk Radio. Share us when you see one of our Many postings on Facebook, and you know, like us on one of those apps because you know, I, we got a lot of people listening, but I don't have a lot of people clicking on, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, well, I get a lot of likes, but I don't get that, you know, follow, you know, so follow us, you know, and uh, it's important because you know, I like keeping tra- I don't know who you are, but I want to keep track of. You know, how, how many people in the certain areas are listening to the show? My uh, hat's out, out to all the truckers that download the show and play it while they're out there on their long uh, hauls at night. Uh, and, you know, uh, got a couple of truckers coming on with stories here in the next couple weeks. Things that they have seen creepy at night. Well, I'm going to jump out of here. Everybody, you have a great night and we'll be back tomorrow. And on Saturday, the paranormal lawyer will be a replay. He was in the hospital Monday. He's fine. He'll be back on the following
5: Saturday. Night Dreams, Scary Story Night on Friday nights. Call in at 9.30 p.m. Pacific at 1-253-203-6695. You're listening to my friend, Gary Anderson,
0: on Night Dreams Talk Radio, the best in paranormal radio.
5: Please check out the Night Dreams Talk Radio website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. Also, if you want to keep our show free of advertising, just hit the donate button. Give a buck or two. Remember, all prior shows are always free to listen to. We at Night Dreams Talk Radio thank you for your support. There once was a man who had some land in eastern Washington. And on his land, this man he had a deep dark hole upon. Around to throw their trash down in to see how deep the hole was and listen for its
4: end.